Blog Talk Radio. Get to that later. 
But, and then also we got to talk about Adele. Adele canceled her concert 24 hours, her residency in Vegas, 24 hours before the show. Now, I don't know if y'all been hearing about Adele tickets, because I know people who want to go to Adele. And, you know, mostly some of the her tickets were sold out, really. People were buying tickets for expensive prices, $1,500, $2,000. You know, people probably are out of a good five to $10,000 for the, probably that first weekend alone. When I first heard her, when I saw her crying, I was watching one of the news shows, and I saw her crying, and she was talking about it was COVID. And I was like, 24 hours before, and you on some COVID? You talking about the COVID? It's COVID? I thought it was something strange about it. It just didn't sound right to me because I'm like, damn, you weren't testing people a week before. If you, I'm sure you knew COVID was going to affect your show almost probably three or four days before, maybe even a week before if you're testing people. Well, come to find out it really wasn't COVID. So we're going to talk about what allegedly out in these streets, it wasn't really COVID that Adele canceled her concert. Okay, so we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. i got so much more to talk about, but (laughs) we'll start off like we do every week talking about my week. Listen here, my week has been really good. I've been, I started back to my second semester last week. It is, uh, it's, it's, it's odd because we're doing everything online because we don't go back to school until February, so I'm like, you know, it's good, but it's I, I feel like this sense of some sense of pressure from some things. You know how I am, y'all. So I'm sort of like I'm I'm trying to get used to the feel of everything and everything. I am I'm enjoying it. I took a a, a sign language class this semester, okay, and I am so excited about that. So I've been that that has been uh, enjoyable so far. And you know, I have my regular theater courses and stuff. And and I'm we're getting ready to do a set of plays again. And here's a funny thing. <laughs> but this time I have a mentor, so I'm so excited, okay? Again, I will be a set and a scenic uh, a scenic designer for these shows, and I'm going to be doing lighting too. So that's very different for me, right? So I'm so excited about these shows, and they're, they're, they're all these wonderful love kind of short love stories, and so I'm excited about what we're going to get into with that. You know, me and uh, my mentor, which is Andre, I'm so excited about the the new uh, semester and everything. A little nervous, too, okay? I'm also learning about, stage, you know, doing stage management and stuff like that. And I have this, we have this wonderful teacher. She's out of New York. She's teaching from New York. She lives in New York. And so she has so much wonderful knowledge about stage management and stagecraft. So I'm excited about that. I'm so excited about some of the things I've learned. So I'm having a really, it's a very interesting semester. I've got some interesting classes. It's a heavy, heavy load because it's my semester before my graduation. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm very excited. So it's like, y'all pray for me. Keep me in y'all prayers out there because y'all know I be needing it, okay? Because y'all know I be getting stressed, all right? So that's my week, okay? So we got to talk about these shows out here. Oh, my God. I don't even know what to start with first. Okay, I'm going to start with the easy uh, reality shows that I've watched this week because I know y'all been asking me about hip-hop shows. What is it? What's the kids of growing up hip-hop? Okay. 
I finally sat down and watched a couple of episodes, right? <sighs> Sam in Egypt are still the most interesting thing that catched my attention. Sam is facing jail time. We talked about this last week, up to 10 to 15 years or something like that. It was very scary this week because I was listening to Egypt, and she's like, I'll wait. I'll wait for him. I'll blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my Lord. And Sam was saying, oh, well, you know, telling Pepper, don't let that girl wait. Don't let me, you know, I, I didn't buy none of Sam, okay? He he know he got hold of her in his mind, in her mind. So he knows that's something that probably can't be done. You know, for young ladies like Egypt, and even for Sam, Sam has to learn lessons. He's going to have, because Sam, I think, is a talented young man, but Sam is going to have to learn his lesson about behavior and, and 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 being honest to himself and building character building and all that stuff, he's going to have to learn that the hard way. And Egypt is going to have to learn about love the hard way. You know, a couple of times of him kicking it. See, it's sad because that kind of love that she was talking about, where she I wait, I wait, and all that stuff, it either turns out really, you know, sometimes good sometimes, but in their case, you know, it could turn out where a woman Ten years down the line, she's wasted a lot of her time, a lot of her energy on somebody who was not willing, who was not ready to be responsible enough to be her protector and partner and stuff like that. And she'll find herself just wasting a lot of time. And I'm very sad for that. It's sad to see. You know what I'm saying? But. It's not, you know, even when bad relationships sometimes, I don't consider them a waste of time because sometimes bad, even relationships that have just, have just ended or whatever, I consider them uh, not a waste of time. I don't want to use that word, but lessons that you really, lessons that that certain certain people must go through certain lessons, you know, in life. It is what it is. Love, pre- love and relationships present a lot of lessons. And um, for her, she may have to go through some. So, yeah, so that, and then uh, I see uh, <laughs> JoJo's daughter from, what is it, from uh, Jodeci's on there. Woo, Lord, she's something else. She done did a 360, though. I can tell her daddy done talked to her. She's trying to make up with everybody now. But when she first appeared on that first episode, she was so much, she was she came in hot. Like, she came in with a lot of shit. Like, she was she was she was trying to do the most, and so I think now she understands her father's like, yo, I know some of these people, these people I have relationships with. Calm down. Don't go in there. So I think she's trying to pull herself back and trying to uh, approach it differently. So, but it too, it, it's almost kind of like last week was a lot of fighting and stuff, and she was in the midst of it. So it's sort of like, you know, I hope it's not too little too late for her, okay? And uh, she really has to work on her energy because, and um, I, of course, y'all know I love Mary J. Blige's Kendu's daughter, Mary J. Blige's sister. I forget her name all the time. She's my favorite because she's become like the host of the show. She she used to be the troublemaker of the show, but now Bree, Bree, Bree has sort of come become like now the uh, mouthpiece for the show, the narrator of the show, and she is. Terrific in that spot, 
And, you know, well, here's what I like about Bree. Bree is really a talented young lady, and I, my my hope for Bree is that she grows out. I'm seeing her kind of grow out of that uh, trouble spot, kind of, and trying to take take on more things. So I'm hoping that happens for her. But it's she's she's a very interesting character in the show. Uh, yeah. Uh, other than that, I'm telling y'all. <laughs> I don't know how I'm feeling about growing up hip hop. I don't know if I'm going to continue uh, the watching. I don't know. There, it, it just, it just, it, it hasn't grabbed my interest yet. You know. Now I did watch again Love After Lockup. I mean, I Love While in Lockup. <laughs> it gets crazier. <laughs> And crazier, the very the most interesting story is this. I talked to y'all about, and I'm bad with names, but there's on Love While in Lockup. There's this. Uh, I think this young lady, she's Indian, Indian, and her the boyfriend's black. He's in jail, and and he won a hundred fifty thousand uh, dollar uh, lawsuit while he was in jail against security guards, like something they did to him or something. So. She is used to being spoiled most of her life. So she last week I talked about her spending trying to spend thirty thousand dollars on a wedding dress, and I'm like, you know what the hell? He he's in jail and he's gonna need every bit of that coin when he come out. She don't understand that because she ain't really probably ever had to deal with that. And so, his this week we get to meet. We met his mom. His mom called him. You could tell the mom already ain't feeling her. <laughs> And the mom was like, you know, saying, hey, I want to go, we want to go as a family and pick him up. You know, we're not going to be asking you to come because we'd rather his family just be there with him when we pick him up. And I got that because I'm like, you know, he's coming out of an unstable, he's coming from an unstable place. And she said, I hope you can respect that. And she was getting all upset. So when she gets off the phone with the mom, she's like, can you believe this bitch to her friend? I'm like, you calling his mom a bitch? <laughs> like on national TV? I mean, there is so much, uh, and then she's like, uh, she's she's hot-tempered. I, I said last week what I thought, and I'm not saying this because of the race of her, because, uh, you know, the the race of the girl, I think, I think the girl that we talked about, Steve McNair, I talked about the Steve McNair thing, and the race of her, she was like an Arab girl or something like that that ended up allegedly, well, people people suspect the the, the cops and everybody, the crime was ruled murder-suicide when Steve McNair got killed. And the girl was kind of like an Arab girl or whatever. But I said, I, and I wasn't saying that because of race. I'm saying this because of the, the, the sound of it. She sounded uh, that she could Steve McNair him. He should be very careful when he comes to the jail. I mean, watch her mindset because her mindset, she seems a little crazy. And as a matter of fact, I think she may have even said that on the show. I'm not for sure. Like, I, if he messes me up or something like that, she said something jokingly. But, you know, I, I, I just, it's something about this girl I don't like. That's been the most interesting part I've been watching on the uh, on the Love While in Lockup. There's some other interesting parts, too. I had to get to know people's names, and I will talk to you all more about that next week. We'll, we'll do that. Or, or maybe a few weeks from now because you guys know I may have to take some breaks because of the classes and stuff like that. But I want you guys to be aware if I don't show up on here next week, y'all have the archives to listen to. And y'all can watch the shows for your homework so we can, you guys can be ready when I talk about it. But now I got to get to 
Well, I didn't, I'm not going to get to that yet. Euphoria. I finally watched Euphoria, Euphoria the beginning of Euphoria. Uh, last week. I haven't watched this one this week. I watched some of it. Euphoria is really good. It's not good. It's not as good to me as last season. But I'm liking it. I'm liking it. I, I don't know. You know, I just I don't know where to go with it right now. I'm I, I'm I'm liking it. It's just I'm I'm trying to get used to where we're at in Euphoria. I feel like, and here's what I feel like for these these HBOs. Netflix and all, sometimes the stars and people like, I mean, HBOs and stars, and sometimes you keep shows off too long. Like, like I know COVID has been here and stuff, but, I mean, it's like, it's way too long. And sometimes you, there's a disconnect between the audience and the show because we kind of like, Ugh, we're trying to get back into it. And so I'm trying to get back into Euphoria, which is, this, to me, this great uh hell of teenage energy, <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I, I'm trying to get back there with Euphoria, okay, and I like it, I really do, and Zendaya's doing a marvelous job, and some of the writing, some of the writing has been really, really great on uh, Euphoria, so, so far, for the first two episodes, okay, so... Maybe I'll wait for Euphoria. I have to, I have to, I feel like, I don't feel excited enough about it to talk to y'all about it. Okay, so that's where I'm at with that. I feel the same way about the powers and stuff. You can't, you can't keep them out here too long. You know, keep them away too long. Um, What else? There was another show I wanted to talk to you guys about too that I had seen that was really good this week. Oh, I do want to see. I have not started watching um, uh, the Ozarks because I know the fourth and final season. I've already been hearing about it, and I can't wait to see it. I'm excited because <laughs> I'm like, well, it's one that's lasted. It's been way too long, too. Like my show, like Handmaid's Tale, Handmaid's Tale. I'm like, where the hell is the new episodes of Handmaid's Tale? I'm ready for this to be over with because when you stay too long away, I, I get a disconnect. So I'm I'm excited to see uh, uh, what's going to happen for the Ozarks, okay? But let's get to it, okay? <gasps> Power Book Ghost. <sighs> oh, my God. Season 8, Courtney Kemp. I have loved Courtney Kemp's lives. I talked about Courtney Kemp last week, the lives she's been getting. I hate that she's not a showrunner anymore. To me, I feel like creatives, the creator of the show always needs to be the showrunner. But she does such a great job of promoting that show and loving on every character and babysitting her baby. Even though she's put her baby into someone else's hands, she has babysitted. uh, 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 I mean, she has continued to care for her baby, even though she's let her baby be raised kind of a little bit by someone else. She still nurtures it, and I love that about her, which is her script, which is her scripts from power. And, you know, I love that people are calling her the hood version or the uh, black, uh, the uh, like the, the hood street version of Marvel because that's the, exactly what she's kind of doing. I mean, I, you, and, and it's been such awesome character development with Tyreek. 
which is played by uh, Michael Rainey. Michael Rainey started on that show. He must have been like 11 or 12 years old, this little kid. First we saw in the background, you know, for the first, like, year or so, and then he's slowly moving his way up. He's slowly talking to his father. We're starting to see, we see more and more of Tyreek grow. We see Tyreek become, you know, become a teenager, start to challenge his parents, start to challenge his father's authority. We hate Tyreek in Power Ghost. You mean empower? Empower? We're like ghosts. If you and Tasha don't whoop his ass, we will. <laughs> right? That's how we was all feeling. Empower. However, empower ghost. When the when when Tyreek begins to grow, when Tyreek has killed his father and he's come into his own, and now we're watching the Tyreek show. And let me tell you something: the character development of the character Tyreek, and the way Michael Rainey has played this 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 dude has been so awesome. It has just been a joy to watch. Not just the character development, how we remember him being a kid, and suddenly now he's he's coming. He's on he's on his own show. The whole show is surrounded by him about him on Power Ghost Two. I love it. If y'all not y'all if y'all not watching Power Ghost Two. I'm telling y'all, y'all are missing it. This one, this last one, Chapter 8 has been the best. Yeah, Method Man, let me talk about Method Man for a second. Method Man, fire, fire, fire. Needs to be nominated for an Emmy. I know him and Mary J got nominated for uh, 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 NAACP. Okay. Uh, But I would love to see... Uh, definitely Tyreek should have been nominated too But I would love to see Method Man nominate. Method Man has been acting his ass off Do you hear me? He ain't no He's a thespian For real Thespian He's a thespian Okay That whole cast is brilliant By the way The whole cast is brilliant And uh, the casting Kudos to the casting folks on, on, on Power Because they do a damn good job Okay now, this week, chapter eight, oh listen, let me tell you something. I mean, season uh season two, episode eight, if you have not watched it, I'm sorry, I'm about to spoil it for you. So you wanna turn me off right now, okay? But we all know the Tahadas, you know, the Tahadas are in some shit right now and we all watched this <laughs> the the we all know that they are going Tyreek has lost his connect. Tyreek's on trial for the murder of uh, his professor, uh, Professor Jabari, and he's also uh, uh, on on trial for killing a cop. Okay, now he didn't kill the cop, but he damn sure helped kill Jabari. <laughs> okay, but we know that Tyreek is probably gonna get out of this. Okay, but now there's some in Chapter Eight. I feel like it's so full of shit. First of all, I think Courtney Kemp gives us a if ghost. I don't know how the fuck ghost would still be alive when he fell his ass off that balcony. He got shot. Not only did he get shot in the chest, but he fell his ass off the balcony, okay? So I don't know how the hell y'all can have ghost still alive, but if ghost is alive, Courtney Kemp gave her first hint. The writers gave a first hint that ghost may possibly be alive. 
and there it was a part in there where Tyreek is in at the trial, and Tyreek looks like it's, it's looking bad for Tyreek because they they say, hey, they got a Tyreek on tape talking about a possible motive for killing his professor. Okay. Now afterwards, it's looking bad for Tyreek. Tyreek comes out. And he's, remember, you know, the man that always shows up, the guy who used to play Alvin on the Cosby show. He's on there. He's great. He plays Tyreek. He's a, he's a ghost representative for the, from the grave. He's over ghost estates, okay? And so he is always there to, every time he shows up, he's got like a message from the grave or some bad shit to say to Tyreek. <laughs> and this week he said to Tyreek, he says, Tyreek's in the midst of losing his sister. Okay, and so, you know, his sister, because his mama, Tasha, then ran off somewhere, I mean, witness protection program, is the, which is the mother, and the grandmother is, uh, has been drinking and stuff, and so she can't take care of uh, little Yaz, right? And so Tyreek is trying to get his little sister back. Well, here this man comes and says, hey, your father prepared that in case the whole family got knocked off, that Jazz would be adopted by a family, and she would be she would be made to change her last name, and the record sealed so that no one could find her. So Tyreek is sitting here like, what? Like, what the hell? Like he thought that for he? Which to me is suspicious because I'm sitting here going, now. Ghost could have thought that for a head because Ghost was a dumbass. Mm, Ghost made some dumbasses. It's, it's, a, it's a miracle that Ghost made it as far as he made. <laughs> but but Tyreek is like, what? Like he did it? So there's a, a lot of people in the power universe world think that may have been a hint to that maybe we will see the emergence, reemergence of James St. Saint, Saint Patrick in about, you know, maybe three to four seasons, okay? I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. I would not be surprised. I don't want it to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised, okay? So he gets that message. So that's one of the highlights in the episode. Then the next highlight is, of course, Tyreek. Brilliantly. At first I'm going, Tyreek, don't do it, don't do it. But Tyreek brilliantly comes up with an idea to get money so he can pay off, you know, pay the method man's character. Pay him off, so because you know he's a lawyer, he's about his money, he don't play, and so he comes up with a brilliant idea to rob the connect. Now I would have been scared had Kane came up with that idea, but Tyreek had the idea planned out to a T, right? And so we see three deaths in the Power Universe this week, and it, it, it was pretty. Um, too, I would say this: I thought Diana was gonna go. Because I thought it was leaning toward, I'm glad Diana didn't go because Diana's one of my favorite characters. I'm so glad. But uh, what we begin to see is this robbery take place. They decide to rob Mecca. Now, we know Mecca is really Dante, Mary J. Blige, old man, and baby daddy, okay? However, uh, Monet. I, but nobody knows that Monet, nobody knows that Mecca and uh, and Dante are the same per- person, right? So, when they talk about Mary Monet is in on this too, talking about robbing the connect. Okay, so they all decide to rob the connect, but Monet don't understand that she's just robbing him of her. She's just robbing what's really hers because he and Mecca done got her a ring with. Her. Let me just say that ring was fire with the blue diamond. See, that's somebody who done thought shit through. You know, he got a blue diamond. I was like, ooh, like he's like he he's like you you you. you. He was saying to Monet, "You fire! I, I, you 
you royalty. He had her blue. It was beautiful, too. But anyway. Anywho, they, so they set up this robbery and stuff. In the midst of this robbery, as you know, two people get killed. Dante Mecca kills Chef, which I hate they did that. I was like, no, 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 because he thinks Chef is the inside man that sets up, <clears throat> or at least he acts like he thinks Chef is the inside man, excuse me, that sets up, uh, that sets up Mecca, I mean, that sets up this robbery, but he's not. I think he knows it's not. I think he killed Chef for a different reason. But he did kill Chef, and everybody liked that character. Because I feel like they could have done so much more with that character. But anyway, they killed Chef. And then, you know, of course, uh, Drew kills uh, GDP, the GDP guy. I forget his name, the lead of it. He kills him getting back for his shooting, okay? And so in the end, the most epic part of the show comes, Okay. At the table, the Tejada family last dinner, I like to call it, <laughs> and Diana begins to blow everybody's shit up, okay? <laughs> and Diana, I mean, Diana finds out that Monet, has a, that Monet is actually Zeke's mama, okay? And she finds out, um, uh, she finds out that, um, she just finds out the whole scoop, right? So they try to come for Diana at that table. Uh, on power, they try to come with for for Diana at that table, but they messed up. Everybody at that table messed up coming for Diana, because Diana comes for everybody's throat. She comes for everybody. She is like, remember Tasha? Was it Tasha on on Why Did I Get Married? That's what the scene reminded me of. The Why Did I Get Married scene. When Tasha blows everybody up. <laughs> Oh, I love it. So let's listen to this scene for Power 2 Ghosts, okay? Oh, I can't get it out. Let me see if I can get it up here. Here you go. Okay. I don't want to have anything. I think you need to stay. Yeah, Zeke. She can't let you leave. You're her whole plan to get out the life. Diana, Wrong year. 
You know, I miss it. Damn, Omari too. Omari too, even though I didn't like ghosts. But yeah. But I love, I wanted them all to be together, but I understand the force is going to look like it's going to be really awesome. We'll see. And she said, uh, and I've heard that power universes will cross. So that so that 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 will be interesting to see. So I, I really loved it. I, it was awesome. You a power universe fan? Y'all know I'm a power universe fan. I can't wait till next week. I'll talk more about it. Excited, okay? <laughs> So I had to talk about that one. All right, so, man, another thing I want you guys to watch. This week we lost uh, the uh, the wonderful Andre Talley, okay? And everybody, you know, Andre Talley was always so, he he was a something, you know, he was something else. I mean, and the last, you know, his last, uh, these last few years, he, he's been, he has been given a lot of, can I say T? Is it T about the, you know, about the whole fashion industry and how he was treated as a black man coming up in that industry, what the little things he had to endure, stuff like that. But one of the things I got to see this week, and I was so, I was, I had never watched it before, and it's so, such a great story. And especially it's a great story for Adolf, because Andre Talley was Adolf, so it's a very great story, Adolf, or foundational black America, traditional black America, or whatever. But he uh, was uh, born in Durham, North Carolina, and his story is so fascinating. The Gospel According to Andre, I think it was done a few years ago in 2016 or something like that. Oh, my God, it's such a good, it's such a good film to watch. Watch it. Very powerful. Very powerful. Uh, uh, I, I just encourage everybody. To, I like little fashion. There was one show I saw a few years back, a fashion show. I love fashion, uh, different things to hear about, uh, you know, so how some of the fashion industry people came to be and everything. So it's it, it really tells his story, and it's a pretty powerful story from, uh, for a guy from Durham who grew up in the church and, you know, but his family, you know, was kind of um, – no country families. It's just a, it's a, a very interesting. Uh, it's a very interesting story for a guy who ends up going to master get his master's in French and and how he just started to um, kind of embrace the world of fashion and move his way into the world of fashion. But there was an interesting article I saw uh, this week uh, about Andre Talley out of the New York Post, and you know. I thought to myself, how unfor- how sad, you know, in some senses. But the art, the, the it was it's, it's called elitist fashion industry chewed up Andre Andre Leon Talley as it does everyone, and it says uh, with Andre Leon Talley's passing comes the death uh, comes the death too of uh, illusory, illusory world of high fashion. Uh, the one uh, let's see only Anna Wintour. Tally's great friend of me is left. Uh, when she goes, so goes the uh, demimod, uh, demonod, I don't know if I'm saying that right, and good. they said in good riddance, oh, Lord. I'm not saying that. It says, has Tom Ford told the Financial Times in 2016, fashion is evil. Ford was once ca- a casualty, but at least he made it out alive, now working on his own terms. Legendary stylist Isabella Blow 
uh, designers Alexander McQueen, Lawine Scott, and Kate Spade, they weren't so lucky. All died by suicide. Blow and McQueen particularly brutalized by the industry. When I heard last night that Tally had died at age 73, my first thought was his exile from fashion surely contributed. Whatever his medical complication, he also died of a broken heart. Fashion was Tally's everything. He thought fashion was safe to love. Fashion, he thought, would never leave him. And they, this is their article. They said how wrong he was. There have been some very cruel and racist moments in my life in the world of fashion, Tally told the New York Times in 2018. Incidents when people were harmful and mean-spirited and terrifying. Yet Tally could play the game, too, buying into the ugly business of beautiful people, revealing in his, uh, revealing in his own role as a gatekeeper, Reveling in his own world, Rojas Gatekeeper, he was the outsider who became an insider, as much of a create of a creation as anyone else in the realm. Speaking with indeterminate accent, issuing uh, dictates and commands with the authority of a four-star general, name dropping and lolling about in a state of unsustainable hedonism. At some point along the way, Tally couldn't find the line between camp and crudity. Okay. Take this story from Tim Gunn, who was once found in Tally, found Tally in a green room. A translucent barber's bib spread over Andre, and his and he's reclining arms at the side. He's being fed grapes and cubes of cheese, one in, by one, like a bird in a nest. Uh, to cite uh, Maximum Gunn, help popularize. I can't really see what this is. Popularize uh, to to cite a Maximum Gunn who helped popularize One Day You're In. Still, it was bracing, uh, bracing to read uh, dispatches from Tally in his exile, no longer in Anna Winter's favor. Cast out, he said, for being too overweight, too uncool. By 2018, he was living alone in White Plains, broke and facing eviction, dropped by nearly all his fancy friends, shocked at how reptilian and transactional that world was. But Tally, whether he knew it or not, was mourning something that no longer existed, a kingdom long ago uh, democratized by technology, fast fashion reality shows, and TikTok influencers. Tally's final indignation was leaning, was learning a few, uh, few years ago that he had been fired as Vogue's official red carpet Met Gala interviewer. Dang. Replaced by a 20-something used to store. I didn't know that. Really? Oh, how hideous. <laughs> oh, my God. That's who was the currency, not Vogue, not Winter, but any uh, but any kid with the right light and the following. Fashion does not take care of its people, Tally said in 2018. He hoped to avoid the fate of one-time YSL muse uh, uh, Lulu de la Felici, I don't know how to say her name, who died broke and abandoned in the industry. I'm very afraid of that, he said. He was right to be. Fashion has lost a true original, and for better or worse, we will never see his likes again. Well, let me just say this, okay? I read that article, and I know some of it wasn't too, um, you know, pleasing. I don't think he meant to be. You know, I actually, when I saw um, uh, um, uh, the gospel according to Andre, and I'm getting ready to listen to his book, too, on audio, but when I saw that, I, he didn't strike me as a guy who couldn't hear the bad and the good. Uh, and he kind of brought up a little bit that 
he had uh, people thought of him things like you know how he had made it in the industry by people thought he slept his way to the top and he was like he was very he wasn't sleeping around he was very concentrated on his his uh, he was very concentrated on his career and he kind of still from what he said had a lot of church energy to him. You know what I'm saying? He grew up in the church, so he had a lot of, you know, he was still kind of operating in that world, but he was also, he would do, it seemed like anything to make it, in some senses at one point in his life, and be accepted by those people. And it's so sad that in the end, such a person who had done so much ends up getting tossed out. Now, I don't know if it's true about what they say, he could be cruel and stuff like that, because I feel like, you know, the energy that you put forward, no matter what, even if you end with the cool people, if the cool people act in the ass, you don't act the ass, okay, because uh, the energy will come back far worse on you. But it is so sad to hear that he died allegedly penniless, not with any money. And I did read a few months ago about him being allegedly evicted from something. And, you know, that's just sad. Nobody came. You know, you kind of don't want to hear people coming to his defense now because nobody came to his defense when he was mostly needed. And I don't know why. I don't know if it was personally he was like. But um, the lesson in all of this, first of all, I tell everybody still watch it, to watch his story. It's a beautiful one, uh, a very interesting one. Um, beautiful yet very flawed one, okay? Um, but I'm trying to trying to sum this up the best way I can I possibly can. Um they described him as a gatekeeper in that in industry. And Andre Talley was one of the first black males in the fashion world, he it was there were several there, but he was one of the first ones that really made his name for himself through reporting uh, and other uh, things. Uh, eventually, becoming one of the editors at Vogue and stuff like that. But here's what I say: it, Black folks is never good when we the only one in the room, and we can I mean, and we can't get nobody else in the room. When we become a gatekeeper and not a gate opener. So, uh, you know, he I don't know how he felt. It seemed like he felt some sort of way later on in his life that maybe he had played that role. He realized that that the tides were turning because when you a gatekeeper, you only a gatekeeper for so long. Like they said, they, you, they fired him for a YouTube person. And the thing about it is, you might not open the door, but somebody will tear, you tear, tear the door down. I just I just hope he was able to use some of his, I mean, his story is left behind for people to learn from and be mentored by. But how great would it would have been? Like I said one time, I remember I was talking about him one time on here where he's talking about Anna Winter and some things that happened at Vogue. I said, well, damn, you could have took your ass over there to Essence and helped out Susan's ass. I don't know if he could have, but I, I bet I'm guaranteeing that at that point they probably would have been glad to have him. I don't know. But there's so many times we as black Americans don't work with each other very well, you know, and it's very sad, to, and everybody wants to be a gatekeeper. But I'm not saying I, that's not the, the, the – it's just one of the parts of his story I find very interesting. 
and there is a lessons to be learned from Andre Leon Talley. Good ones about perseverance, uh, going beyond your comfort zone, moving in spaces where they try to set shut you out, but breaking down the door anyway. But there's also some uh, not-so-good lessons you can learn, and I just spoke of some of them. And so I really hope you guys take the time out there to look at that, The Gospel According to Andre, plus he has a book, I think, The Te- Teflon Trenches or something like that. I can't. Y'all look it up. Y'all find out the name of it. But please look at that. Take a look. I, th- I think it's inspiring in many ways, but it's also um, somewhat disheartening too, okay? So take a look at that, all right? And rest in uh Power to Andre uh, t- uh, Leon Talley, okay? All right, you guys. So, what else is next? What else is what else I got to talk about out here before we go to break? Oh, it's a word, okay? My it's a word this week. It's something I'm trying to work on. I don't tell y'all nothing I ain't trying to do, okay? Or something I'm trying to reach for or something like that, and I maybe ain't quite reached for it. But uh, one of my favorite quotes, is don't let your talent put you where your character can't keep you from Joyce Meyer. <laughs> I love that. I love it. I love it. I heard Joyce Meyer say that. I was like, yes, one of my favorite quotes ever. Um, I want to talk to you guys about why character will always be an important lesson, okay? Um, no one is important. However, we, you know, we always strive to be better people. Now, sometimes it won't always work out. I have times when my character, it just don't work out. I have times when I'm in a bad mood. I'm not in a not-so-good mood. Y'all know. And now sometimes I can be straight up me. <laughs> I have I have different times, you know what I'm saying? But I'm always trying to work to better myself, to better my character and everything like that. And I think character is so important. It's just an everyday le- And sometimes you won't win. Trust me, you won't win the character battles all the time. I don't. There's some shit I got going on right now. I'll be like, you know, I'm struggling with. I'm struggling with answers, too. I'm struggling with ideas, too. So I'm always trying to build my character and what's the best way. And I won't always choose the right thing, but I damn sure try my best to, okay? And I hope when I choose the wrong thing that I learn the lessons from it so I can choose better next time, right? Uh, Sometimes you will fail, but you get the lesson, okay? So like I said, so the next time you can change. And also deal with your shadow side, your inner crap, okay? I always tell people, take a look at the inside of yourself before, you know, even when you go, I know therapy is great for people, but also have that inner conversation with yourself about who you are. Look at the reality of who you are. You know what I'm saying? And how can you become something better? How can you change for the better character is going to meet you at every stage in your life as you move and grow in careers, as you move and grow in um, friendships, relationships. Um, your character is always going to be on display for growth. And sometimes you're not going to always pass the test, but when you don't pass it, Learn from it, okay, so that you can pass the next one. So I guess what I'm saying to y'all out there is, you know, everybody is keep in mind how important character is 
to our everyday movement has people. You know what I'm saying? Just, just uh, try to move in the best way you can. No, better than you can. Okay, character is everything. How you treat people, how you, um, and sometimes you know what? Listen, sometimes. In your life, your character, having great character will cause you to hurt people because you will say, hey, you'll make a decision that you know may not be, that may not seem good for someone at a time, but it'll end up being good for them. Or it it may hurt them at a time, but it'll end up being. And your character sometimes because you're trying to say, hey, I'm trying to get myself together. I'm trying. Like you may have, for young people out there, you might be dating somebody right now and you're like, ooh, I got to break up with this person right now because I know that my studies are more important to me right now and I'm not going to pay me paying no attention to them. And so you may have to break that to them. Sometimes character, it be like that. You know, so, so that's what I'm just saying, honing your character skills in so many ways learning to deal with the inside of who you are so that you can have growth in that part of your life. That 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 biggest character we'll meet in our lives is ourself and working on self and uh, grow, and growing uh, our be- the best versions of ourselves every day. That's my, it's a word. I don't really know if it made a lot of sense for y'all, but it did for me. I think y'all, somebody, some of y'all out there get it, okay? All right, so when I get back, we're going to talk about the cheat. Well, let's talk about that right now, okay? First, before I go break, the Chiefs. No, no, we're going to talk about this when I get back. The Chiefs win, end up advancing in the most fabulous way. (laughs) The Chiefs end up advancing to their fourth AFC championship game, the most ever hosted by any team in in the NFL, I think. Wow, Chiefs. Oh, my God. And let me tell you something. Kansas City, yeah, Kansas City, my hometown has been through it in football. It's a football town with, with, as far as, uh, as the Chiefs is concerned. And it's been years, years where Chiefs fans would be out there. I remember in the 90s and the early 2000s, Chiefs fans being out there in the cold. Man, we being out there in the cold thinking we about to win. We like, no. Nah. And then we just see disaster after disaster. I mean, I even was wearing black at the Super, for the Super Bowl because I was always in mourning. <laughs> that the Chiefs didn't make it. I mean, 50 years without a Super Bowl. Going to the playoffs, always a, a bridesmaid, never a bride. But dang it now, we here. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> All right, so listen, we're going to talk about that, and I want to talk about the kind of racist little shit that's going on out here, even from black reporters. Okay, you saying, well, Carolina, how can black people be racist? Black people can be on some cool shit, too, okay? They can they can be white supremacists, too, okay? So don't talk about how these, there's some little, uh, little racist-ass shit going on out here because Patrick Mahomes, who is a biracial quarterback in the NFL, in 13 seconds, he came back. They weren't expecting them to do. They thought the game was over. Hell, I thought it was over. And then I saw the way they managed their time. I said, uh-oh. I remember told my husband, I said, they about to come back. They about to win this. 
They let him come back. And now everybody, now you hearing all of them, cause see, Josh Allen, they want Josh Allen to be what Patrick Mahomes is. See, even when you biracial in America, you still, which a lot of, almost all black people are because we got something else into us, in us because of slavery, but when you got direct biracial in you and your mama's white, your grandma, your daddy's white, something like that, whatever the case, to the world, I mean, to the secular white supremacy world, you still a nigga. Okay, I can say what I'm telling you what. I hate to just say it, but it's still what it is. And they will they will gaslight you. Okay, so what they've been out here, and they will have black people doing it too, black reporters and stuff too, do it. They've been overhyping Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a great quarterback, but they want somebody to be the Brady heir parent. And they don't want it to be this little black biracial boy. Even though you got your white girlfriend now, they don't want it. They still like, we want a white guy. Now, they talking about how great this Josh Allen is. But he ain't been, he ain't had four AFC championships. Patrick Mahomes, this is Patrick Mahomes' second time beating him for the championship game. Second time. Second time. <laughs> and y'all still want to argue about that Josh is the next. Josh Allen is the next Tom Brady. No, he don't look like the fuck like the next Tom Brady, but Patrick Mahomes looks like. First of all, it ain't the next Tom Brady, but the next in one in that energy, Patrick Mahomes sure look like he the one. Okay? You talking about somebody that can't even win a, a championship game. Hell no, y'all ain't about to do this to Patrick Mahomes. And I'm going to talk about that. And they've been talking about this rule change that the Chiefs wanted a couple of years ago, but nobody was saying shit about this overtime rule that's been there forever, which I say is a decade. It was started off in, two, was it, like 2010, this rule change. Shit, it's been here for a long time. And I see why the NFL got the rule. If it would have been reversed, nobody would have been saying shit. If Josh Allen would have won, nobody would have been saying shit about that rule. They've been dogging Patrick Mahomes. They've been saying he thought he was the next one, but he's really not. We would hear all kinds of stuff. But I'm going to get to that when we get back, okay, just so you can notice the little race stuff that goes on, even under in the undercurrent, okay? We're talking about that. We're going to talk about Biden. Out here in these streets, cussing out folks at the press conference. <laughs> Will Idris Elba be the next James Bond? I'm personally tired and bored of the conversation, but it's brought back up this week, and people are saying he's in the conversation. I don't really give a shit no more. But we're going to talk about that. Uh, and Adele, cancer in her concert, 24 hours. Folks is out in Vegas. Imagine. Wait, imagine this. You buy a ticket for maybe $2,000 that's really a $400 ticket, right, to see a deal. You don't spend money. You know how you buy them when the tickets are sold out. You go buy them from them people, them ticket, show, them ticket uh, scalper websites and stuff like that. You go buy them because the tickets are a deal. So I sold out. Then you buy your expensive-ass room in Vegas, probably at this point in Vegas, maybe 1000 to $2,000, $3,000. You spent $3,000, $3,500 so far. Not to mention your flights and your food and everything. You get there for the weekend, you ready. you like uh, rolling in the deep, singing all that Dale songs. you happy and everything. 
And Adele bring her crying ass on time. I had to cancel because of COVID. And then you find that you you out of all that money, and then you find out a week later, this heifer was lying. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> I don't want to tell who of me. <laughs> all right, so we're going to talk about that and more when we get, oh, of course I'm going to talk about Erie Lennox. Oh, yes, I'm going to talk about Erie Lennox. Okay, so we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more when I get back on the CC show. Meanwhile, we're going to listen to a little bit of music. Let's listen to uh, one of my favorites, Don't Disturb This Groove, The System. It's the CC show. I'll be back in a moment. Whispers for the living. 
for the very best in government, politics, celebrity entertainment, music news. Tune into the Carlotta Chatwood Show right here on Block Talk Radio. What's up, everybody? It's Carlotta. I'm back. It's late night, hot topics tonight, and I am discussing some of the hot topics of the week. And Biden this week calls Fox News reporter Peter Ducci a stupid son of a bitch. Now, a lot of people are in an uproar over this. I'm not. You know, presidents have been known to cuss people out from time to time. I mean, being president of the United States, shit, anybody take that job, they deserve to cuss somebody out every now and then. (laughs) So I'm not that hard on Biden except for he was the main one talking about uh, he didn't want people to talk a certain way in his cabinet, (laughs) okay? But it says, uh, this is according to CNBC, it says President Joe Biden called Fox News reporter Peter Ducci, a stupid son of a bitch, on on a live microphone Monday after Ducci asked Biden if inflation was a political liability to him. Ducci regularly baits Biden during press events, shouting over other reporters and trying to get the president off guard. Of course, CNBC is going to say this. Biden has a long record of swearing on hot microphones. In 2010, he was caught telling then-President Barack Obama that passing the Affordable Care Act was a big fucking deal. Um, It says the verbal slip took place during a White House event on Biden administration efforts to combat inflation. Good luck on that. After Biden complained that all the press questions were about the military buildup around Ukraine, Ducci shouted, will you take questions about the inflation? Do you think the inflation is political liability ahead of midterm? Thinking his microphone was turned off, Biden responded sarcastically, no, that's a great asset, more inflation. He added, what a stupid son of a bitch, okay? Ducci appeared on Fox after this exchange with Biden, where the five co-hosts Jesse Waters joked with his colleague, I think the president is right. You're a stupid SOB. And Smiley Ducci played along. Yet nobody fact-checked uh, Biden yet and said, and said it's not true. <laughs> on, a special, uh, on a special report, when host Brett Baer asked Ducci about the colorful exchange with the president, Ducci replied he didn't want to take any questions off topic. He was at an event about he was at an event about inflation. I asked about inflation. Now, wait to see if the White House has to bleep that on the transcript. Uh, Bear then asked, what did the other reporters say about that? Did you talk with them? Did you reply? They actually had to tell me he had he said it because I couldn't hear anything over the shouting and the wrangle. So now the clip will live on. Ducey said later Monday evening that Biden called him later in the afternoon to apologize for the remark. The White House did not respond to CNBC's, CNBC's request for comment. <laughs> you know, it's seldom that they challenge. Uh, only Fox is out there now, which, you know, Fox, I like Fox, but Fox is not my favorite news commentary because sometimes they don't understand the dynamics of racism in America, nor do they want to understand it. So sometimes I have a problem with Fox for that issue, but Fox is really kind of the closest thing to anything factual, though, that you're going to get on the new CNN. It's just done with the way of shit. And uh, MSNBC, well, child, please. We ain't going to even talk about MSNBC. We ain't even talk about MSNBC. 
Lord, we be here all day. <laughs> it's been bad for a long time. Anywho, so that was that. I'm not surprised. Hey, listen, I'm willing to get a president a slide on that. It's not easy, okay? Dealing with y'all uh, asses, come there, ask him a bunch of questions. Y'all know he old. And he tired and he cranky. He Biden always been old, tired, and cranky. Okay? So let alone uh, when he can't get no softball questions, you know he's going to cuss you out one day. <laughs> and we all know if he's out there either. <laughs> so anyway, now let's talk about the Chiefs this week. Congratulations to Kansas City, man. I'm getting ready for them. I'm gearing up, gearing up. I'm hoping it's a parade. Next week, we got two more games. One more game. First, we got one game. We got to beat, who is it, Cincinnati? Cincinnati to go to the Super Bowl, and then it's the Super Bowl. And then we got to win this. I'm prepared. I'm ready. I'm ready, Chiefs. Take us to the – let's do Let's do this. I believe in y'all. But this week, I'm a little disappointed in a lot of the news outlets I've seen. And a lot of them have been not praising Patrick Mahomes for, first of all, the great athlete that he is. He has went to uh, the AFC Championship four times. He's uh, only 25 or 26 years old. Now, Josh Allen, while I like him as a quarterback and I think he is great, his ass ain't been the one. I mean, even to a championship game, but didn't he lose that to the Chiefs? <laughs> and Patrick Mahomes? Okay, we're going to stop this shit. Patrick Mahomes has been to four AFC championships, two Super Bowl. What's the two? Is it two? Is that to be three? Two. About to be three. Because he lost that year to break. Two. One, he won one Super Bowl of the two, lost to Brady. Y'all go. Why is Patrick Mahomes being put in the same sentence as Josh Allen? There is no, he's not in the same league. He's not, Josh ain't got there yet. Josh ain't won. Josh can't get past the championship game. Now, while he might be a great quarterback, and a great one in the making. He is no Patrick Mahomes. And while the press is wasting its time trying to compare him, trying to say things, oh, he's, he was better in the game, you would never say that. If that was Tom Brady, I'm, this is what I'm going to prove it. If it was Tom Brady right now, Tom Brady, I don't care if it was Tom Brady two years into the league, they would never say that. They'd be like, oh, what a sensational game. He came back in 13 seconds to do it in overtime, and then he won, and blah, blah, blah. We would never be talking this shit about overtime rules regulations that's been here 10 years in the NFL. We wouldn't be talking this shit about uh, – we wouldn't be talking this shit about if Patrick Mahomes is the greatest or not. Patrick Mahomes ain't got to prove shit to you motherfuckers no more. He done won four. I mean, he's on his way to his fourth championship game and possibly his third Super Bowl. So what you bitches talking about, Patrick Mahomes, is is, is Josh Allen is great. No. Now, we know 
the history in America of needing a great white host. It's happening in all sports, boxing, even music, everywhere. Black Americans are so damn talented. Listen, I ain't nobody nobody better than nobody, but we are. That's one thing you can say about black folks. Black folks just got energy for the fuck. We got gifts. Now, there has always been this need when there's a black person who's rising up in some other area to bring somebody else. Not all the time, but white supremacy loves, I'm not saying all white people, but a lot of you, loves to bring up a, a great white Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen is the, the Tom Brady. Even though he ain't won one, he ain't went to one championship, he ain't, well, he ain't won a championship game. And y'all went around here wanting to compare him to a dude who's been there four times and twice to the Super Bowl. And being league MVP, it's just, you know, it's a lot. And I can't help but to look at it as a little racist because had this had Josh Allen won that game last night in 13 seconds and came back in overtime, nobody would be talking rule regulations, nobody. They'd be talking about how he dethroned Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Patrick Mahomes is no longer beyond notice. Patrick Mahomes is no longer the greatest in the league. It's blah, blah, blah. That's, you, you would not be doing this. But the disrespect, and I hope the Chiefs, Chief players, listen up. The disrespect they're giving to your, 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 your quarterback and your team by talking about overtime and not talking about the great win you had, should piss you off. You should go out there and kick Cincinnati in the ass. And then kick who next for Super Bowl, whoever got next for Super Bowl in the ass. Because you got something to prove. It's so disrespectful. Patrick Mahomes had came back. Look, it looked like the Chiefs was done. Look, it did. It did. Patrick Mahomes was like, Bitch, hold up. Hold my bitch. I got shit to do. I ain't finished. I ain't came out here. And Patrick Mahomes in, in did what you could do. Probably Josh Allen couldn't even did it. Came back in 13 seconds. Put his team in position to tie the game. Tied the game fairly. Won the coin toss fairly. Marched his ass down the field. Scored. Now the defense could have stopped his ass. That's what the game's about. Stop they asses from going down the field. That's what you got a defense and the offense. They could have stopped him, but they did not. And some people said, "Oh, it's Patrick Mahomes. How they gonna stop him? You're supposed to stop him. You're the defense. You shouldn't give a coup on the other end." But they did not. And Patrick Mahomes won a flawless game. Give him his props. Now, let me read this funky story that's coming out. It's because it's a lot of them. By, from Yahoo Sports, Jay Bussey, the greatest game in the NFL history turned, turned on a coin flip. Lots of games, because the last 10 years this rule has been in effect, have turned on a coin flip. This is, this is, this is them getting upset 
because Josh Allen didn't get a chance to come back. And listen, had the, the NFL changed these rules, Patrick Mahomes came back on Josh Allen's ass in 13 seconds. How you bitches know he wouldn't have came back that after that? And after that. But I understand why the NFL has a rule in place like this. Even though the Chiefs wanted them to change it a couple of years ago, nobody was saying nothing. They have it because they don't want to be sitting out at the fucking game all night, one person score, here come another person scoring, here come another person score, and you might not ever, we may not ever finish the damn game. <laughs> so they said, hey, the first one to the to the rule to win is it. And y'all, wasn't, y'all ain't been complaining about this rule. This is something new so they can have talking points on these dumb talk shows. But they ain't been talking about the last 10 years. Even when the Chiefs was talking about it, they weren't talking about it. Wasn't nobody saying shit. Oh, but now that Josh Allen's ass done lost to this wonderful, young, magical quarterback, they mad. They big mad. Patrick Mahomes, you ought to do something with they big man. Make sure you tear their asses up next week. But anyway, it says, fine, you can question whether Sunday night AFC divisional showdown between victorious Kansas City and heartbroken Buffalo was one of the greatest ever. Good luck finding another one with 25 points scored on four different successful all-or-nothing score or go-home drives in the final two minutes. But this is undisputable. The NFL's overtime gives an enormous advantage to whichever team wins the coin flip. That's the point. That's why you want to win the coin flip, dumbasses. It gives. It always has given an advantage. But now if you got a motherfucking defense, you can stop them. If you don't, you're in trouble in these streets. <laughs> the karmic scales balance for Kansas City, but don't expect Buffalo to accept its fate without a fight. The NFL often tweaks or changes its rules over time, so much so that even players themselves are occasionally surprised to learn that a game can end in a tie. But here's the immutable truth. The team that wins the coin flip has a chance to shut down the entire game. Overtime rules in virtually every other sport, from baseball to golf, give both challengers an equal shot leaving the outcome uh, of the game in the hands of the players, not the fates. Not the fates. In the NFL, all you need to do is call heads or tails correctly for a huge advantage, but it's no guarantee. I've seen people uh, call uh, heads in the NFL and, ain't, and don't score shit. Okay, so uh, they said how huge in 11 playoff games contested under the new rules, teams got the ball first, won 10 times. Of those 10, the team winning the contours marched down and scored the walk-off touchdown seven times. That's a phenomenal advantage. It is. But that's the breaks. Most of the team, a lot of times the teams don't get the advantage if they got a good defense. Here's the thing. Try not to get in fucking overtime. Try to win. Try if Josh Allen and his team would have done some more, perhaps they would have won the game. But you didn't do enough. In 13 seconds, which is crazy, Patrick Mahomes came back and stumped y'all asses. He, he scored. And you knew he was going to come back. Y'all was up there shivering. First, I thought y'all won. But then you realized that Patrick Mahomes had that look on his face. And he came back out there and did what few could do. Shout out to Patrick Mahomes. You should never get your team in a place where overtime. But if you're going to do it, Fair is fair. This is the rules now. Ain't no sense in talking about the rules. Let the team who won in their glory 
bask in their glory? Can the Chiefs bask in their glory? Can Patrick Mahomes bask in his glory of coming back in 13 seconds, which most people would say was impossible? Quit being racist fucks undercover. Even black people, kid, black men in this, quit cooning undercover trying to be. No, quit, quit it. Let this black man, biracial black man, have his moment. He's a great question. Yes, and I'm biased. It's my own hat. But I've also been on the other on the other end of that. We've been on the other end of that as Chiefs fans. And when the Chiefs wanted to change it, one nobody said shit. Nobody came to Chiefs' defense. But now you MMFs want to talk because of Josh Allen. Fuck that. Adolf's fair and square. And Patrick Mahomes is possibly on his way to being greater than Tom Brady. Oh, my God, I'm scared. Oh, what? Patrick, be careful out in the streets because you know they're going to try to, they'll try to stop you. They'll try to stop you. Be careful. Be careful. They'll start giving you a dusty line. They'll start doing all kinds of stuff. Be careful. It's been a lot of black, great, great black NFL quarterbacks, and they've never got the the lines. I mean, they've ended up injured a lot and all kind of stuff. But Patrick Mahomes is doing something. Back up off him. Talking about Josh Allen trying to share, trying to share the, a terrific game with Josh. No, Josh Allen lost. Nothing left to talk about. And I'm the type of person, my people know, I be saying the same thing to the Chiefs. I talk shit about the Chiefs when they lose. If the Chiefs lost that game, they lost. You had plenty of time to win. And the rules for now is the rules. Ain't no sense in talking about them. Talk about them in the offseason. Crazy. These are people are crazy. And it's always to me a, just a tinge of racism. Just a smidge tinge. You hear it. You hear this idea of you want they want to share. Well, it was an equal game. No, it wasn't. He came back in 13 seconds and he won and he and he tied the game and then he marched his team down the field. That's hard to do. Y'all acting like he just walked. He walked down the field. He had a whole damn other team, big ass men on the other side of him, threatening to come after his ass. Threatening, you know how they do in there, threatening to sack his ass, blitz his ass, everything. And he still, through all the adversity, marched his damn team right up. They could have stopped him. He's been intercepted. He's fumbled. But they didn't stop it. And the Chiefs win. Quit hating. Golly, I can't take him. tired of the. I knew it was going to happen for I knew they were going to stop it. Start that. Now I got to talk about one more thing about Patrick Mahomes, and I just, I really feel like I, I don't really want to talk about it. You know, but let me just say this. I'm going to kind of come down surprisingly. I'm going to kind of be on both people's sides, okay? Now, I've been hard on Patrick Mahomes' girlfriend, Brittany. Yes, I have. I've talked about the, her on here before. Let me just say this before I read this article. It is hard sometimes to be the it guy's girl, you know? There's so many things you got to learn. I mean, you know, 
I've dated a few guys maybe that were kind of popular or somewhat popular. You know what I'm saying? A little bit. And, you know, and when they, when people have a reputation, I mean, I remember I dated one time this football player. I've dated a couple, you know, I, I, but I, I remember one time when I was in high school, okay, I dated the, the it guy. The, the basketball star, everything, it was news, news people followed him to his uh, his prom and everything, and my grandparents always would tell me, you know, you got to be careful how you appear since you wasn't running around here with this boy. Right? You got to be careful how you look. I know you're young and stuff, but that's your little boyfriend or whatever. And he was, I, I was a freshman, and he was a senior, very popular. And I remember kind of being like, wow, I remember going to his prom, and, you know, he had press, and he, you know, but, and I was just thinking to myself, you know, I'm 15, you know. Could you imagine if he had become, if I dated, you dated an NBA star or something like that? It would be even more crazy, right? But you always have to watch yourself when you're dating the it guy because people are like, everybody knows them, everybody knows who you are. Oh, that's such and such a girlfriend. Oh, that's such and such. He, he goes with that girl over there, blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever. He's dating blah, blah. So you, are, so you have to take into account who your partner is. And you, you should do that anyway in life. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? You, even if your partner is in business or your partner is a uh, <coughs> certain things at his job, you always have to take into account, excuse me, who that person is. So it's hard. I always say one of my favorite other things is heavy is the head that wears the crown. Now I'm going to read this article. <coughs> excuse me, y'all, I'm having a cough for some reason. Patrick Mahone's girlfriend, Brittany Matthews, showered fans with champagne after win. This is according to uh, MSN uh, Sports. The Kansas City Chiefs advanced to the AFC Championship game with a dramatic win over the Buffalo Bills on Sunday night, and Patrick Mahone's fiance did not hold back with her celebration. Brittany, Mahone, Mahone, Brittany Matthews, Mahone's longtime girlfriend, showered fans at Arrowhead Stadium with champagne after the Chiefs defeated the Bills over time. Let me see this. Okay, I'm just looking so I can say I can see what happened. I didn't think it was that bad. All right, it says Matthews, who has a daughter, who has a daughter with Mahomes, is known for her enthusiastic support of the Chiefs. She has been criticized many times in the past for taking it too far and making Mahomes look bad, though she never backs down from those critics. In this instance, Chiefs fans were probably happy to be showered with champagne. Their team somehow tied the game in regulation despite beginning a drive with 13 seconds left. At their own 25, so he marched almost 70 something yards up the field. I think was it was it was it was it was pretty. I forget how much I mean or how long he marched. But it says the Bills may have helped the Chiefs with a huge mistake late in the game. Other than Matthew the Masters matter uh, with her in the rest of the nation. Okay, let me just say this: a lot of people criticized her. Because she's been very critical. A lot of people have been criticizing her for saying little stuff on Twitter, his brother, her, 
for her, anything she does now because she started, she's rubbed a, kind of a people to ba- a bad way in, in different, different. You know, a lot of people don't like Brittany Matthews. Okay, she and his brother either. His brother's been rubbing people the wrong way. Now I don't know. Let me say this, sidebar. If you guys haven't seen Kevin Hart and Wesley Snipes' movie on. Uh, on uh what's that? I think Netflix it is so good. It is about this kind of thing. It's about this, this Kevin Hart plays this comedian who gains a whole lot of success, but he's got to deal with his brother who is full of trouble, right? And something happens and it could, it threatens to take Kevin Hart's life completely apart. It's an excellent crazy kind of thriller like movie. Oh my god, y'all got to see it. But it got so many real ass life lessons in there for people who are famous or who made money or who, you know, got to a certain part and you got to deal with your crazy-ass relatives, right? Okay? So it, it, so, and this is how I feel about Patrick Mahomes because he's been having to deal. People have been talking about shit about his girlfriend in the press. They even got mad at her for sprinkling this uh, champagne on people and shit like that. I mean, they was mad about that. And some people was mad about that. Now, what she has to be careful of because she she's done so many other things preceded in the press that people haven't liked in the local Kansas City area. So I would have said that champagne thing is fine, except she is they, a lot of people don't like her. So all you need is one or two people to say, "Oh, she put some champagne on me. I'm suing. It's my silk silk cheap jacket." I'm just because you've already said a so has a has a female who is who is dating or getting ready to marry this guy. You have to be very careful how you roll. And Patrick, you had to be very careful of who the fuck you choose. I mean, it's facts. You you marry somebody, you know. Hey, you marry somebody with certain levels or something, you have to change certain things about yourself sometimes. Not compromise, but you have to maybe, you know, realize that you're in a different space. You're no longer Patrick Mahomes' little, little college boy, college athlete's girlfriend. You NFL star. Patrick Mahomes' girlfriend, so you got to be careful how the hell you roll. And let me just say to you, some a lot of y'all, as you make it in life, as you begin to get into places of power and stuff, you got to watch the people you partner with too, family members, girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands, wives, people. Everybody ain't going to make it. Somebody might not make it as you move higher in the realm, and everybody shouldn't make it. I just thought it was an interesting story because people were getting mad on Twitter about her putting wine, I mean, spraying champagne on people. And I really think most people wouldn't have got upset with her about that had she not already did some things that's already run people the right way, run people the right way, wrong way, including his brother. So, listen, don't be a distraction because he needs to win this Super Bowl. Calm your ass down. <laughs> oh, my God. What is next? Oh, Lord. This show. Oh, 
What I got to talk about? Oh, yes, James Bond. Okay. They say they're in talks to talk with Idris Elba. He's part of the conversation to be the next 007. One of the most sought-after roles in cinema is back up for grabs following Daniel Craig's last outing as Bond, which I think it went one too many. With producer Barbara Brocky saying that she's been told a lot of fans want to see Idris Elba in a tuxedo. <sighs> I don't know. I'm tired now. Y'all have waited too long. The last Bond film, although it's kind of good, and I'm a James Bond fan, I really am, but, you know, I thought the shit was, you know, listen, if you're going to have old-ass James Bonds up in here, quit putting them, pairing them with 20-year-olds. It is too many beautiful women in cinema and the acting world today who are in their late 30s, 40s, 50s that look fucking good. Go get a woman that's his age. It looked like he looked like Daniel Craig was robbing the, like the cradle. He looked like he's Art Kelly. Last movie. I was like, he need to be arrested. That's what that little young ass girl. Sure. But out of control. Too young. Too young. So can we get some beautiful older women? Damn. Goodness. Anyway. One of the most sought after iconic roles in cinema now back up for grabs. After Daniel Craig's exit, Elba, who stars in the crime drama Luther, is often tipped as one of the leading candidates to take over. The 49-year-old has appeared in several Hollywood movies, including Concrete Cowboy, Pacific Rim, and Thor. Speaking to a Deadline's Crew Call podcast, Broccoli addressed the speculation over who will next play Bond after she was told a lot of fans want to see Idris Elba. Broccoli 61 said, we all know, we well, we know Idris, we're friends with him, and he's a magnificent actor. And, you know, it's been part of the conversation, but it's always difficult to have the conversation when you have someone in the seat. I think we have decided that until no time to die has had its run and Daniel has been able to, well, uh, uh, well, we've all been able to savor, reap the benefits of Daniel's wonderful tenure, we're not going to think about or talk about anybody else. Actors to play the role or storylines. We just want to live in the moment. No, no, Idris Elba's fucking forty nine. Keep doing this shit. Hurry up! What the fuck? Daniel Craig, stay overstayed his record. It's time to. If you want to bring in Idris, y'all better bring his ass in now. Shit, what you want him up there? Eighty years old, talking about Bond, James Bond. His ass is out. Quit playing. If Elba lands the part, he will become the seventh actor to play Bond. As part of the franchise, following the footsteps of Sean Connery, George Lazenberg, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, and Daniel Craig. Other actors include Tom Hardy, Richard Madden, and Henry Cavelli. <sighs> Craig, 53, is seen by some as one of the best Bonds ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He stayed too long. And I think Idris would be perfect. I think Idris would have been fine one, uh, y'all should have started Idris right off on this one. We don't want to wait another two years to see Idris' ass in a James Bond. Y'all got to hurry the fuck up. He's 49. What the fuck y'all trying to do? Give him a short-term, two-time, two-bond film? Dumbasses. 
over there at Bond. They've been talking. We've been trying to savor the moment. And you, you know in Hollywood that don't, they they be ready to go for it right away. So we know they ain't trying to savor no moments, okay? Just go on and hire him if you're going to hire him. Hollywood is the type of crew. They'll exit while they, while they sitting there where, while Daniel's working on it. They be on the phone right at the set talking about, Idris, are you available? That's how they roll. <laughs> Trying to make us think they trying to be kind and savor the moment, right? Craziness. Oh, my goodness. Anywho, I'm tired of it. I don't I don't know if I can really be talking about it. I just, I'm just, <sighs> are we going to talk about Adele? Adele and, and, the, and the, just the, the straight up lies, okay? Adele. I like Adele. <sighs> Now, I didn't understand. I was sitting up here looking at Adele when they said, uh, uh, when she she started crying, she came out crying. I'm like, I can't. I'm so sad. I, I, I have to cancel the show. I'm sorry to the fans. 24 hours before, she come crying. People done paid a whole bunch of money, a whole bunch of money to be down there. Inflation is high. Stuff is high out in these streets. It's hard out here for a pimp when you're trying to get the money for the rent. It's hard right now. And Adele's ass come canceling her high-ass shows 24 hours before talking about it's not right. Bitch, what is it that need to be right? Because I just saw your ass stand on the stage. Was that in Oprah's backyard? There was, who was all that there? Was it, what was his name? What was the dude's name? Was Leonardo DiCaprio was there with a whole bunch of celebrities. While your ass just stood there. You just stood there. Pouring it. I was like, what the, what the fuck you got to do? All you need is a piano player and bring your ass and a microphone and out there and sit there and start singing. Adele, you know, you, it ain't like you Beyonce. <laughs> what you get? You don't need the bells and whistles. Beyonce's ass couldn't show up out there without her bells and whistles done. We would tell Beyonce to take her ass back until you get your you get your dance routine together and stuff like that. Beyonce needs bells and whistles, but Adele, your standing ass there, standing there singing, never mind, I'll find someone like you. What do you? What do you need? What are you needing? Some fireworks? Some lights? What the hell? I, what did you miss it? I knew it was something to Because, you know, here's my thing. When I heard it, I was like, you know how many fans, because I've been in this position before, okay? Y'all know. You know how many fans pay their hard-earned money to see their favorite artists, to support their favorite artists, only to, to bounce, them, bounce them with some bullshit? Like, and y'all in the age, you know, back before COVID, y'all could do that shit because pounds, the money was good, the money was rolling in, inflation, the gas was down, rent was low. Shit, y'all could, y'all could do a lot of shit and get rid of it. We'd be like, oh, that's okay, we forgive them. This is the age of inflation and stuff like that, and inflation keeps going up. People are going to start tightening their purses, purse strings, and closing up their wallet. And you know who's going to suffer? Musicians, artists, actors, everything. If you ain't, you need to be grateful that fans are coming out here. And a lot of times it's because because they've lived in such Hollywood and in the music industry has been such sometimes not all the times, but it could be an ungrateful space because 
a lot of people want to be around the famous, right? And so a lot of times a lot of the famous people are in some sort of bubble. They don't understand how hard it is for people and stuff like that. So they've seen they're used to fans, no matter what they do, still coming to see them anyway, still doing stuff anyway, still blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? But that time is it's going to change. I believe it's going to change if inflation get high here. So you got to learn some customer service skills. Now, I'm going to get to customer service skills in a, in a minute because I worked in customer service for a long time. So I'm going to get to that in a minute. But let me first start off with this. It's a slap in the face. This is according to Daily Mail. Adele fans flying into Vegas lash out at singer for postponing Caesars Palace residency 24 hours before first show after paying up to, listen to this, 30000 a ticket. I'd fight a deal if I <laughs> I was ready to fight Maxwell about my uh ticket when I went to New York. If I had been in Oklahoma somewhere, I definitely would have tried to fight Maxwell. If I, I would have had a fight. I said, you got me up in Oklahoma and there ain't no concert happening. <laughs> and your ass didn't even get on there and explain why there wasn't no concert happening. I'm going to get to his ass in a minute. But let me explain about a date. Okay, 30000 a ticket. Star blames COVID outbreak. It even might not go ahead until April. Says Adele Thursday announced that indefinite postponement of her Las Vegas residency. The singer 33 gave only 24 hours notice and blamed the delays on COVID cases among her team and crew. She added to the anger and confusion by not announcing when the 24 long-awaited shows would resume. Adele is promising refunds, but Ticketmaster has not confirmed how fans can go about receiving money back. Even if their tickets are refunded, many fans have flown internationally, booked hotels for the weekend, and many fans didn't buy them tickets from Ticketmaster. They bought them from scalpers, so they're going to lose, okay? They want to know what will be done now, if anything, to cover those accounts. Adele said she had been awake for over 30 hours and had to run out of time to put put on the show. She claimed the production was destroyed by delivery delays and that half the crew has COVID. Billboard estimated Adele bought in $50 million in ticket sales from pre-sale of her upcoming weekend uh, with Adele residency in Las Vegas with the singer to take home 685000 Damn, per performance, a record. Damn. Have you lost money or been... <laughs> uh, okay, listen, let me just say... This okay, I, no. Let me finish. Okay, so we. I didn't. I didn't buy that because I was like twenty four hours, and suddenly people falling the fuck out because of uh, 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 COVID on your crew and stuff. You just found that out in twenty four hours. That's what I was thinking. Okay, y'all know I put it up on my thing. I was like, hmm, it just didn't. It didn't sound right to me. Okay, and I'm in the damn thing. Okay, it's just the shit this time. I'm like, uh-uh, and that's messed up. These people don't pay money to get there and come to the show, and I'm thinking, man, I'm so sorry I didn't want to cancel. Well, if I come to find out, I was right. It wasn't. It had shit to do COVID allegedly. Cause it sounds funny from the get go. Sorry, Adele. It sounds funny. Okay, they say it wasn't about that at all. Adele was upset with the set. Now I'm like, what you what set? 
Adele's residency allegedly destined for disaster amid arguments with set designer. Adele tears up walking to uh, talking to fans who showed up for for postponed uh, uh, shows. Sources close to Easy Omi singer told the Sun that resi- that the residency, which was scheduled to begin January 21st and run through April, was heading for disaster. And amid the singer's explosive arguments with A-list set designer Esmeralda Delvin, in spite of the set costing millions to put together, Adele was unhappy with the results, and she made her feelings very clear to S. An insider claim she was alleged already nervous and falling out. And uh, the falling out sent her spiraling into a panic because she was desperate that everything should be perfect. The source continued, noting that Delvin also worked, uh, noting that Delvin also worked on Adele's 2016 tour. Okay, um, a second insider claimed that the alleged. Uh, Rift between the pair came amid endless changes to the set list and running order. There was no real clarity around what Adele wanted for the show because the endless changes being made to the produce to the production. The source said it seemed that while she was she always preferred a stripped back performance, she was under some pressure to come up with a huge extravaganza. She was a constant she was a constant ricochet between these two versions of what the show should be. And it did cause some uh, quite explosive arguments. The source went on to explain that while most shows have uh, teething problems, there had allegedly been a feeling for some time that these shows were heading for disaster. It's well known that Adele suffers badly with anxiety when it comes to performing live. So it's hard to imagine her going ahead as if she wasn't happy, okay? Uh, They said reps for Adele didn't comment to page six. Let me just say this, and this is according to page six. I understand having anxiety as a singer. Okay, I developed that. It's no joke, okay? Now, I do understand you can take some shit and get out there on that stage. Because <laughs> I know singers who have done it. But I'm just saying, Adele has performed enough now and done many things now that she can she can still get out there. And one of the things I would have did, knowing my fans was there, this is just a bit of customer service one-on-one that you motherfucking celebrities need to learn, okay, especially in the age of inflation and high-ass rent, and high-ass gas out here, okay? And the middle class is suffering the most, okay? Poor is suffering, but that poor is, you know, they know how to make it. But the middle class, it's it's really, it's pushing them in a whole other place. And the middle class is who buy them damn tickets for a deal and shit. So let me just explain this, explain some shit. And some rich people do too, I'm just saying. But let me explain, it's important, you got some poor, but I'm just saying, mostly the middle class, okay? Or pretend middle class, okay? Now, let me just explain something to you, okay? Adele, like I said, she ain't got a lot of shit to do. Even, I don't care if fireworks is all going off the fuck around her. Ain't no more exciting you can make rolling in the deep. <laughs> Hello. It, ain't no, ain't too much exciting you can do. Okay? All she had to do, she said, hey, fans, I, the show is not where I want it to be. I want it to be perfect for you guys, but it's not. But you know what? Come on in Friday night. I'm going to give you back some of the money on the ticket. I'm going to give you back a little refund on the ticket, but I'm going to perform. Me and my piano player, we're going to sit up there, and we're going to have a good time with y'all, and we're going to give y'all a show, baby. That's like, that's old Luther. Luther used to, Luther was like, Luther, Luther. Luther used to get, Luther used to get the best show, man. Luther was beautiful. Even though Luther was a perfectionist, 
perfectionist, Luther, he loved his fans, boy. Luther used to look at us and say, y'all, you tired? We'd be like, no. He'd be like, what y'all want me to see? Shoot, you get throw out of fun. He'd they start playing it. Luther be out there all night if you let him. I remember one night I was at Starlight Park listening to Luther, and Luther was like, you know the only reason I ain't going another hour is because they making me get out the park early. But y'all know how I roll. And I had every concert I had been to, and he still went on another 45 minutes. <laughs> and that was after being on the stage like an hour or something. Like a long time. Luther did not. I've been at a two-and-a-half-hour concert with Luther. Two hours and 40 minutes. Luther did not play. Hey, Luther was like, he said, I'm going to make sure y'all get y'all money worth. We Our Luther fans used to come out satisfied. It was never a time where I wasn't satisfied. You know how Luther's ass did up there? Just said, he, all he, did, he had a beautiful setting, beautiful background. The background dancers were dressed, orchestra sometime and everything like that. But Luther just stood up there and sang. They had a little bit of dance moves and stuff, but for the most damn part, shit. Look, and we have a party with Luther because we just wanted to be with Luther. We knew this was a moment, okay? Same thing, Adele. It's a moment for your fans. Pete, don't lie to him. But you should have got your ass out there and performed with a piano player, gave him back some money if you didn't think the show was right, and see, let me, wait, hold on. I got to go on a break because I, I got to change my time thing. Is thinking, and I got to change my uh, change my headset. Okay, so listen, I am going on a break, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to finish this conversation about Adele, an artist, period, and the need for good customer service. Okay, so I'm going to come back in a moment and talk about that. Meanwhile, we're going to listen to some. Uh, what are y'all going to listen to? We're going to listen to uh, Looking for Love with Kevin Ross. I'll be back in a moment. It's the CC Show, y'all. Be back. Call me. Call me. Call me. Call me. Late in the night and I'm faded. Say that you're not going to make it. That's two times in a row for you. Feel so curving and it's overdue. Lately you're testing my patience Baby, I think you must be mistaken I could find me somebody new But they won't compare the truth Girl, you got me Gaki Sloppy You get underneath my skin And it drives me to no end Look it So I bought a rocket and 
Y'all thought y'all thought y'all heard me talking, but I wasn't. <laughs> That's one of my favorites, Kevin Ross, looking for love. I love that song. Oh my goodness. Okay, I am back on the CC show. I told y'all I was gonna be just a minute. Had to change our headsets and everything. But let's talk about Adele. I'm not finished yet. Listen here, Adele don't do a lot. Adele don't have to do a lot. I understand she want a nice show. She want to have some, you know, some bells and some whistles going on, but she doesn't need it. And uh, she's a great singer. She's one of the few singers in the world that can stand up there and just sing and people be entertained and glad to be in your presence. Uh, Celebrities, can I just tell you something? Tickets is high. I just paid the other day a lot of money for some tickets. Shit. I was like, what the hell? What the hell? And I'm going to two shows. <laughs> anyway, but I was like, listen, you got to learn customer service. You got to learn how to, that's about character, what I was talking about today. I know you live in a bubble, and you live in a place where everybody works on you, rates on you hand and foot, and it's hard to develop. Sometimes it's hard to develop character in those situations because so much around you, and this could happen to anyone, not just, I'm not just, it can happen to me, anyone. When you have that sense of bubble around you and people are waiting on you hand and foot and everybody's saying, yes, 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 you great, you great, you great, you great, you great, right? And you made a lot of money, a lot of wealth. You're in with the cool people and the great people. It is hard. It is hard to develop some character in some in certain parts because, you know, I heard even listen. I heard them, uh, the other day from somebody. They were saying that customer service companies now don't even like to do good customer service because they say it costs them too much. It's cheaper to not do good customer service. Now, can you believe that shit? It may be cheaper to not send a customer who deserves a reward because you and your team fucked up a free lunch or a free dinner or something like that. But in the long run, it's going to cost your company more when you don't, when you don't have good energy. Because the last time I checked, 
God's laws to the universe still go around. You reap what you sow. Sometimes you uh, sometimes you reap what you when you sow good seeds, you get it back. When you sow good energy, you get it back. The laws are still the same. And a lot of you celebrities, you have businesses. Music is a business for you. It's your talent and it's your gift, but it's also the way you make money. You have a customer base, which is your fan base. And you got to be willing to do things differently today. And it may, and you may have executives time that you ain't got to do all that to get your fans. You ain't got to have something. You ain't got to apologize today. They just going to come anyway. Keep doing that shit. And one day you will find yourself, nobody wanting to come see your ass, okay? Develop some customer service skills. Celebrities, actors, singers, dancers, whatever. Develop customer service. You will be glad you do. You will be one of the, the, the celebrities people love. And you might say, hey, I don't make as much money because, you know, I, I give a lot of stuff away or I do something nice for fans or something like that. But that energy comes back to you. People will want to treat you right. People will want great things for you. You ain't got to cook up no motherfucking concoctions. You ain't got to be throwing up six, six, six times. You ain't got to be doing none of that. Just do the right thing. Just do something nice for somebody. Get out your big-ass bubble. You know she know people. She know she was up there probably having, allegedly, probably having a fucking small brat celebrity. When we got perfect, I don't want to do the show. I don't want to do the show. Adele, people have come from all over. I don't care. Now, she ain't sticking nothing. She probably just going off about the set, allegedly. But she ain't thinking about the fans that have spent all that money to come see her ass. And why? Because I can't I can understand because she has been surrounded and it can happen to anyone by a bubble that does not allow you to see the real fucking one. So a temper tantrum People run when she has a temper tantrum. Like, okay, you don't have to do the show. We'll tell everybody to come. We'll reschedule the show. Uh, no, no, my fans. You know what? Wait a minute. My fans are out here. They done came to see me. They done went through shit. And she came on crying. They said she was crying. She's mad about the show. I don't know if that's true or whatever. But I know that people was out there in Vegas waiting for you. And you not a Beyonce where you got to dance across the stage and do pop locking and shake your little booty and, and, and do some booty shakes and all that. You ain't got to do that. All you need, Adele, you're such a great artist. All you need is a piano and you. Yep, a piano, piano player and you. And talk to the fans. Develop some personality. You seem like you got a beautiful person. You seem like you're funny and you got a great personality. Talk to them, girl. Get up there on stage. I know this is not going to be the greatest, but I'm just glad that I could give it to y'all. I'm sorry to say they together. I'm sorry it's not what they wanted to be, but I didn't want to have y'all out here where I didn't show up for you. See, make them a part of it. But she didn't do it. And it's a lot of people pissed off. Now, I believe people are going to come back and go come see her and stuff. But don't keep playing these games. You'll be like Lauren Hill out here, which I'm getting ready to talk about the Fuji's in a minute, canceling their shit. <laughs> 
which I knew they was going to do talking about because of COVID concerns. Right. <laughs> we know. I, I, I'm just allegedly probably, allegedly we know probably why they can't. They probably ain't no damn folks. We know we, we we nobody bought from the beginning that tour was gonna ever get off. <laughs> you will end up in a situation like the Fuji and Lauren out in these streets. I'm just letting y'all know. Letting you know facts. I'm just telling you. You don't want to end up with them problems, Lauren Hill problems, where people laugh. The joke is you the running joke. I don't want that. She going to be about 10 hours late. I ain't trying to. See, you don't want that kind of reputation. You don't want that to start happening. So I'm saying to Jill, you need to make this up, you and your people. Now, see, it's going to cost you more because fans done went and done talked to the news people. Now you're going to have to put about five fans together, find out some of the people who, who paid a lot of money, listen to their stories, and now you're going to have to come up with even more money. <laughs> come out with, with, all you had to do was be good customer service in the first place. Even if you would have just came out there and said, I'm going to do a little interview, I'm going to do an interview, a live interview, sing a few songs, Talk to the audience, talk back and forth. You made it an interactive night, not a full-out concert. Just say, hey, if the show didn't end up what it was, you could have used even COVID as an excuse, which a lot of y'all doing. You could have used that as an excuse, and you could have still came out there and people would have been so happy. And perhaps it would have even been better because people would have got an intimate moment with their favorite, one of their favorite artists. That's a, you know, y'all just got to learn how some personality. It's so sad. Anywho. My script went down, okay? I was trying to tell y'all. <laughs> That's why I'm pausing y'all. But anyway, so listen. I mean, I hate this uh, This situation went on for her, uh, but I do believe this is a moment where artists can learn that they better know that times are changing, and you need to be more conscious of your audience, the money they pay to see you, have a grateful heart, seriously. And, you know, I, you know, um, I don't hardly talk. Sometimes I don't really, you know, I don't really, how can I say this? I don't really talk about uh, uh, different artists, you know, because different artists, every, the artist, celebrities are like people or, or humans. They have times when they have a bad attitude or when they're just as disappointed because they can't have the show as you are and stuff like this. But I saw this at work one time with several, I've seen this with several artists. But I, I, I saw this one time at work with a particular artist. There was a concert planned, and uh, they didn't have it. And fans were telling them, like Adele, hey, we spent money to come. We bought plane tickets, outfit, and stuff like that. And I remember this artist said something like, that's life. 
I was like, what the fuck? And I know they was probably just disappointed or upset, but and they, and they allowed to be human. But listen here, some motherfucker on that website like me, because I be paying attention to people. Remember, you said that's life, and grow up, grow up, shit like that. What the fuck? And I was like, they have no concept of customer service. Did not come to, didn't never really apologize to their fan base. Never really said, hey, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry that uh, the show didn't, uh, we didn't get a chance. The show didn't go off like we expected it to go off or at something like that. I appreciate y'all who support me and love on me or whatever. He didn't do that. And it really says so much about the character. And and what I mean is because it's hard to develop that character when you in um when you in a bubble. When everything has been so great for you. Or maybe not so great. But you still have been in a in a situation of a bubble in these inner in the entertainment world and you could forget how much how much that that, that kind of uh, the celebrity world is dependent on its fan base coming through. And so you have to be very cognizant of your fans. They're your customers. And if you don't have no love for that, well, then, you know, it's going to show later on in your concert sales, your record sales, all kind of stuff. People going to stop paying attention to you. Now, you ain't got to be perfect. Nobody is perfect. We all deserve a bad day and a bad situation, but if it's a consistent kind of behavior, nobody got to put up with your shit. Ain't nobody got to come see your ass. There's new singers being born every day, coming out here every day. Never take for granted your positions. And let me speak in where I'm getting ready to go. Y'all know where I'm getting ready to go, right? Very little. She upset. Cause bloggers been talk some bloggers been talking shit to her. <laughs> she get uh she got mad. She got mad because people were saying, well, I'm wondering if it's on the was it on the shade room? I don't know who it was on, but she got upset. And she 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 got upset because people criticized her. She this week she said uh, she didn't want to. Um, let me see if I can find it here. She uh, she was saying she wanted to be. She had a bad interview this week. She said she didn't want to do no interviews anymore. She was t- she she didn't want to do that anymore. And then like, next thing we know, uh. uh uh, the next thing we know, she started, um, how can I say this? Uh, she, oh, she started, uh, she, she, uh, she said she wants to be dropped from her label, okay? And then she got mad at, uh, let's just see, uh, let me see if I can find it. She got mad at fans for speaking out, I guess, about it. Let me see if I can find it here. You guys, hold on. I don't know if I can. 
wanted to say what she said to this. To, I wanted to read that first before I read the article. Okay, yes. Yeah. Says she started saying um, this week. Hold on. Put this up here if I can pull it up. She said, I want to be dropped from labels. I'm done and tired. Okay. Um, and then uh, she said, Ariel, and this is from the shade room. Ariel Lennox said she wants to be dropped from uh, her label in response to folks who said she has no hits. Now, I ain't nobody said she's just a great, she's got great music. I don't know what anybody be talking about with that, I, you know. But she goes, for Christ's sake, I realize I have no hits. I realize you all can, um, uh, I realize you all can live without hearing my music. I realize my complaining is so aggravating to y'all. I don't ask Vox to post me when I'm at my worst. You, ju- you judgmental, self-hating parasites. When last a day has a signed artist. Complaining that I'm complaining about shit I'm going through. Meanwhile, in real life, you're just as unhappy and fucked up. You're crying in your car, too. Somebody calling you insensitive and dramatic, too. You could never be honest about your demons. Ari Lennox. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Yes. Motherfuckers, we, everybody gets upset and sad and mad and hurt. People be crying when they cry. People are crying. I cried my car. I, I just came home and had a bad day from class. I was like, shit. You know, I start. Yes. People cry. But everybody don't air it out on Instagram, Facebook. And then it's been with you, there's been a constant thing. At least the press has been putting out. At first, she said you were going to quit the music business a few years ago, allegedly, because you didn't win a Soul Train Award. Right? So she was talking about quitting, allegedly. Okay? That sounds crazy. Now, you were talking about the other week because you had a bad interview. Now you want to quit interviews, which you need interviews when you're part of the music business. That's a part of the thing. You got to get out here and sell your fucking self. Other than that, even though when you see at the local donut shop, sometimes they ask you to do advertisements to the local clubs and the donut shops and stuff like that. Can you wave on the donut shop so people come in here and know you singing? Stuff like that. You always got to have some customer service skills. You got to get out there and sell yourself. Sometimes, listen, let me just say this. Show business ain't for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real, being famous ain't for everybody. It's it's a difficult, being famous is hard for people who it's for. But being famous, for real, is some of y'all don't need to be, some of y'all don't need a seeing career. Some of y'all, it's too much. And maybe you should be in something else. And maybe you need to come to terms with, damn, I I just want to work out here. I just want to wake up in the morning and go sing for some donuts and I, I sing at the local club. I don't want to be bothered with all this bullshit with record companies and all that stuff. I just don't want to do it. I don't. Matter of fact, I don't even want to sell myself. Hell, I just sing it myself. And be honest with that. Some of you, even though you got a voice, don't mean that you always got to perform, that you're a performer. There's so many people, you know, there. I, I saw this a, a show the other day. This woman, she's a big-time executive. But she, one of her majors, I think, in school was music. She can sing. 
Well, she, well, her gift is she loves being a CEO and stuff like that, doing marketing and business and stuff like that. Sometimes, a lot of y'all talk in the music business, you ain't supposed to be beating. And I do believe the music business is difficult. It ain't. It shouldn't be the crazy shit that goes on out there. Okay? But however, if you in it, you know how many kids wake up every day and wish they had a record label? You mean you know how many people wish they had done what you've done, Ari Lennox? You know how many people wish they biggest complaint was somebody asking them if they got fucked good on an interview or something. That, that's a big, that's a, the biggest complaint they got. You know how many people out here, they got to get up and go to funky-ass jobs they don't like, but you get to do what you allegedly, I don't know if you love it or not, don't sound like it, uh, but you, you love. So what, you got to put up with some bullshit. Everybody got to put up with some bullshit for things they love. It's a sacrifice, baby. And Lindsay's saying she wants out of her record label contracts in the aftermath of her now viral interview on the Johannesburg-based online series Podcast and Chill. Over the weekend, the Interscope Dreamville Records artist tweet, tweeted, she is, uh, she is over being a signed artist. In addition, the pressure singer said, even though online trolls like to antagonize her over complaints about the music industry, they wouldn't last a day in her shoes because they're not in the music industry. You the fuck in it. That's your gift. You the one that decided to sign the contract. Now, what you going to do with it? Are you going to complain every time you don't win no Soul Train Award? Are you going to complain when somebody asks you a bad question? I want to be in my record. There's people out here who dream. It's somebody in the grave right now. Somebody dead. You can walk. That's what you need to do. Walk your, take your little ass walk across a graveyard and see how many people died wishing they would have been a singer. Wishing they would have been uh, 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 where you at. Fucking shit. This is ridiculous. And I ain't mad at her for not for being complaining, but some shit's ridiculous. Because she's been constantly at a legend. First it was the Soul Train one. Now it's the Soul Train one. Now it's the. And she keeps saying she want to quit, so I think she should quit. Because it sounds like it's, it's, something, it's something really wrong out here. Like she really, she's really tired of the game. And I ain't mad at that. Over the weekend, the Interscope Dreamfield record artist tweets she's over being a signed artist. In addition to the pressure singer, said even though online shows, okay, I already talked about that. I will continue to sing about Dick when I want Lennox said in her first tweet on January 23rd. And you misogynistic peasants can continue to jerk off to my music. Thank you. Good morning. The singer followed up saying she was done and tired with her labels and wanted to be free, according to the artist. In the podcast, uh, and the chill interview was icing on the cake in terms of her unhappiness with her management. For Christ's sakes, I realize I have no hits. That's what she said. Okay, we already read that part. Uh, I want to be dropped from labels. I'm done and tired. Shut up. The interview was icing on the cake. I want to be free. Okay, so she got mad, mad at, uh, right at this dude. He said the tensions during Lennox's interview on podcast and chill came after host McGuire and Mark McGee. McQuavo or whatever, asked a Shea Butter baby artist 
is she someone is someone fucking you good right now? Okay. Now the reason now he's a shock jock, like a Howard Stern allegedly or something in South Africa. Now Howard Howard Stern or probably somebody asked her this, she would probably laugh it off. But she's over in South Africa, and she sings a lot of songs about sex. Okay. And it's sex. I like some of it. I like Pressure. Pressure's a song about sex. She sings a lot of sexual live songs. She, one of my favorite artists, Victoria Monet, sings a whole lot of sexy songs, okay? Nothing wrong about singing sexy songs. But sometimes you got to understand that because you're so open about sex, people think, especially in these days and age, a lot of interviewers are shock jocks and doing a lot of different things. So they think they can have an open conversation with you about sex. Because you so openly are open about it on wax. Don't, don't, don't. And you just said you can think about dick if you want to. Well, they can ask you about dick. And all you had to do was laugh and say, all right, I ain't going to let you. You ain't going to be disrespectful. You could have said something. There's many things you could have answered way you could have answered him. But instead, you want to make a big-ass deal, which, is, which tells me she's a lie. Now she's ready for the label. She's ready to be dry. This is the same chick I also saw on the Soul Train Awards who had on a lingerie. I kept saying, I said, I wonder if she's comfortable in singing the music she sings. Because she stood up there. You know, because Beyonce is very comfortable. That's what I said about Chloe Bailey. And Chloe Bailey better be careful because I think they're trying to usurp her energy to take over for Beyonce. I had to think about it for a second. I, about This is a sidebar. But I, I think Beyonce's ready to throw that shit away, you know, shaking her ass and stuff. She tired of shaking her ass. She won't be sure of that. But she got little, little Chloe Bailey up here dumb enough to take over her spot. She can make money off of Chloe Bailey for, you know, the powers to be and, and fight for off of Chloe's energy while she go over there and pretend she's sure of that and classy up. See, Chloe? Chloe, watch your back. Anyway. But anyway, I saw Ari Lynn, she was just standing on stage singing pressure. She was standing, she was moving to nothing. I said, wait a minute, what's going on here? Because, you know, when Beyonce, you even gave Beyonce pressure, she'd be out moving across the stage, showing that she's sexy and stuff. But she looked real tense and uncomfortable. So my question is, are you uncomfortable with the whole shindig? Like, are you as fucking sexual as you can? Because it seems like you, you ready, you need to get ready for that energy if you're singing like that. You know what I'm saying? I understand this district. I understand her frustration with the interviewer. But she also, in this age, like, you've you got even sex shows. Like, one of my favorite shows is this show called, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, uh, horrible, uh, horrible, I forget the name. Uh, horror something. Oh, God. I forget the name of this show. But it, it's one of my favorite, favorite shows. Uh, and it's a horrible decision. Right, and it comes on um, on YouTube, right? And it's these two young ladies who talk about sex and, and relationships, and people often come on their shows. They have different types of people, even some celebrities, and they talk to them about very openly about sex and everything like that. And if you're on their show, that's what you might get. So I know they prepared her, and maybe they didn't. Now, then that is a management problem. Prepare her to, hey, this is a shot guy in whatchamacallum. He may ask you some wild questions. Now, Ari Lennox 
want she took she did she got so angry about this. This is not the first time that she's we've heard this. She heard talking about she wanna quit and stuff. So, you know, my whole thing is when there when things like this are happening to you, you need to stop. You need to go get some rest, get some air, calm your spirit man down, and maybe give up music. Maybe not give up music, but maybe sing at the local like the local club, the local donut shop for a while and really really ask yourself if the music business who requires that requires more of you than just singing and dancing because to be an artist a paid artist paid artist performing at a worldwide level requires more than just your talent you get what i'm saying here it's going to require more of you than just being able to sing and dance. And I think what happens is a lot of these artists, they want the most. She said she wanted to win some Soul Train Awards. Okay, then they start putting the money behind her, start putting her out there to get out here on the on the big stage and everything. Now she getting mad about it. Now she getting hurt. She, got, she getting mad because she got to do some hard shit. It's, got, it's work. It's a sacrifice. That's the sacrifice, Ari Lennox. You wanted Soul Train Awards? Well, helper, they giving you the the platforms and everything so you can get Soul Train Awards. Your stocks done went up. The price was with Joe. What's that, Joe? Say the price that it was uh, yesterday is is not the same today. Your price and your stock has went up, and that's because that record label has put you out there more. But you think it's just a good record. It's going to get you a Soul Train Award. That ain't how it works in show business. I hate to disappoint you. Having a good record don't just get you. You know how many people out here got good records and don't ever get heard? You know how many great artists there are out here that have that made five and six and seven, I mean, great records and have never been mainstream? You just got mainstream. You know how many people out here where they, because they, cause they don't, a lot of them sometimes don't want to be bothered with certain things. Maybe they at a certain level. But as you move forward in the industry, industry is going to require more of you, Larry Lennox. And this is a good time right now to ask yourself, if I want the Soul Train Award, what am I willing to pay for? That's it. There's no other question. We don't need to hear you complaining. We don't need to hear your, uh, they, I want to drop the records and label just drop me now. I, I don't want to ever do another interview. Well, then you don't want a soul train award. You don't want to do no more interviews. Unfortunately, show business ain't about just good music, okay? I can go see good musicians right now locally in the local club. Okay, that's, that's nothing. But it's a different beast to be a worldwide artist. I'm tired of this. I'm just tired. I'm tired of girls like her. Just constant. Just complaining, complaining ass. And they're going to try to dog, her, dog people get, that, that called her out on a complaint. You probably sit in your car and cry. Yeah, but we don't get on. Everybody ain't getting on the internet and getting mad and talking about this. I don't want to be dropped from my lady. I mean, this is several times with her. It's a lot. She's a lot. She's extra. <laughs> oh, my God. A lot. Just too extra, okay? 
Oh my goodness. Okay, let's see. Do I got a phone call? Six oh two. Oh, okay. Okay, six oh six oh two. Did you want to be? Yes, ma'am. Good evening. Hi. I'm Miss Chatwood. It's Pastor God, CEO. I've been on your show. I done half a million hits. I've been on a lot, a lot, a lot. I love your commentary. I love the way you break down the news and you real, but you real civil. You keep it real, and when the kids come in the room, you bring it down for the kids. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for calling me. All right. All right. I think... <laughs> I think my, is that my friend on the line, 314? Piaki, is that you? I haven't heard from you in a while. Is that Piaki? Yeah, the reason you haven't heard from me <laughs> is because you hiding at the midnight hour. <laughs> yes, that's the only time I can record the show. I mean, I've been, I've been so busy with class and stuff. What's going on with you? <laughs> well, <laughs> I said to myself, you must, have been, you must be on punishment or something they got you on at the midnight hour. No, no, it's me. I, I've been. I couldn't tape on Saturday, so I've been having to tape on various times. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's all good. You still hitting on the topics and putting the analytical details to the things that people see every day, not knowing what they're looking at. Wait, did you hear about Joe Biden cussing out the reporter? <laughs> Well, you know what I want, but you know, you see how he gets away with stuff and how the news let him in. It wouldn't be Donald Trump, I would. Yeah, no, no, no. And Donald, but you know what I love about Donald was forward with it. He didn't hide who he was, but Joe Biden just told every, told his staff and people he would fire them for talking a certain way. And then there he is. <laughs> there he is doing the same thing, doing work. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a shame. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I and think he's going to be out soon. I think I think Joe is going to get impeached at some point. I don't know. They're not they're not going to impeach him, and I think they're going to try to bring Hillary and her old sad butt back. But but the I thing heard I, that. yeah, the thing you should look at is see how the news and also how the action, the administration is doing other things in the world to take the attention off of what they're not doing right, i.e. Oh, the yeah. Ukraine. Yeah, Ukraine has been, yeah, they've been they've been talking a lot about the Ukraine, yeah. 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 Now, here's the thing. United States cannot afford to go into a war. No. <laughs> no, they don't have that kind of money. And here's another My- point, too. The same war it was in World War II, Franklin Franklin Delaware Roosevelt and his policies almost ran businesses out of the country. He had high taxes on corporations, and he had regulations that caused a lot of business to really not want to do anything, especially those in the automobile, Chrysler, GM in particular. But, you know, it was Chrysler and GM that came back and really saved the United States because Roosevelt had to start gearing up for the war with Germany. And Mm. they done that because they were manufacturers. They had the engineering, whereas they could go from producing hubcaps to producing tanks. And uh, that's something Uh. to remember. 
Well, and that's that's pretty. So you th- I, so do you think this talk about? If you think they're getting because I noticed Hillary though. Hillary was trying to gear up about Russia a while back. I mean, in the Ukraine, she she had always been kind of talking a little bit in that area anyway. So are you thinking they're trying to gear up with, for this war to change the subject, to get all Americans behind something or to get involved? You know, because it feels like Joe Biden needs something that's um, a, a unifier for him. And he, because everybody, even his own party's hating him. <laughs> Yeah, I, it, well, you you can see that also. But is, isn't it strange? You got a couple of things that one can look at. One, yeah. the Democrats always do come up with these ideas of trying to uh, enact gun regulation to basically take guns away from American citizens and probably to give them mm-hmm. to Ukrainian citizens. But isn't it funny oh, what, they're doing, what they're doing in order to protect the border of the Ukraine, but you won't protect your own southern border. Isn't that interesting? That's crazy. <laughs> that is, that's crazy. That, that, I, I, it, it's just, it's completely, it's completely nuts. But I do believe that's part of the whole idea of globalism. So I, I feel like it's just, just um, that America is no longer, I, like, I don't even consider we us having Democrats and Republicans anymore because I, I think I look at everything in terms of globalist uh, nationalist because a lot of times you have neocons, neoconservatives who have gone more the way of globalism. So they, they will agree a lot of times with uh, some uh, liberals. So there's, and then you have some liberals who are not, uh, you know, who are not globalists at all. So there, so there, it's just a strange dynamic I think we're seeing, like a a, a diff, two new parties emerging up under our noses. <laughs> that I think, like the the party of globalism and nationalism. I think most people, most Americans, haven't figured it out yet. Well, you know, it's all kinds of things going on. Uh, you look at yeah. the Wyoming and some other areas <clears throat> where these school districts, these boards, in one case, the board. Or voted to not take the sexually explicit books out of the library. Well, see, Charlotte, mm-hmm. that's your child. If you don't want yeah. your child to be exposed to that, that's your that's your right. You control that school board. But here they are telling you what's best for your child, disregarding your God-given authority yourself. I'm going to let you go with that. Yes, okay. All right, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm glad to hear from you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, there's so much. Oh, my God, there's so much you could talk about when it comes to politics and everything. Uh, it's really crazy out here. I will say that a lot of things, I think we're going to see a lot of changes uh, coming up in this year, political-wise, everything. Uh, and like I said, I think you're going to see changes in celebrity. And I, I think the celebrity really has to uh people i think people are questioning where they want to be and uh, and that's just people everywhere everywhere and people are all have all people are having these movements um i feel like spiritually about trying to figure out what's next what do they really uh want to do and i and, and when i and going back to ari Lennox, um while i love her musically i don't think she's cut out 
I think she's very sensitive. And I think, I think the business is this business, that business has been very hard on her. And it can be hard on people who, I mean, it can be hard on people who want to be in it, but you gotta be able, you gotta understand there's going to be a price for everything. And I think that, um, she doesn't understand that the complaints are a turnoff because she she wants these, uh, you know, just a couple of years ago, she's complaining about she didn't get an award for Soul Train Awards. They try to give you one. I mean, they try to get you in a position to get one. Then you're complaining because you don't like the interview. You don't like the questions. And you know what? There's always a way to handle interviews. I, I, here's what I just want to say about this. Um, the more that uh, you, how can we say it? The more that you uh, come up in any form or any business or anything, you, you're going to have to, your character is always going to be tested on some level. And you're going to have to learn some mistakes. You have to learn how to roll in different things and stuff like that, stuff that you you might not want to do. You're going to have to learn how to, hey, how do I handle myself uh, in these moments? How do I handle myself as a, a, a celebrity and stuff like that? And sometimes you just need a break, like Naomi Osaka. I was saying Naomi Osaka just needs you know, she's a young girl. She needed a break out here in these streets, okay? Because it, it, that, that the business is not going to change. So um, it, is, um, it is something that um, – let me get this here. I'm trying to pull up. You guys know when I'm stalling, right? I'm trying to get uh, my um, – it pulled up here with uh, the, the kind of article here. Hold on. I'm gonna pull up this one. Is it here? Okay. All right, you guys. I'm trying to pull up an article. Okay, I'm gonna take a quick break, you guys, and then I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna try to pull up this this article where I was some more things I wanted to say on the celebrity world, and uh, we'll do we'll take a break and I'll be right back in a minute. Here's Crazy by Javier. I'll be back in a moment, y'all guys. Yes.
guys. I am back on the CC show. We're going to get right down to talking about, I forgot to pull up. I wanted you guys to talk about, um, I wanted to talk to you guys before I got off and I'll try to talk and go back to the uh, more celebrity thing, but uh, I didn't get to talk about everything I wanted to talk about tonight, but uh, I wanted to talk to you guys about the Tasha K case, uh, Tasha K and Cardi B. Uh, today, Tasha K, I think, lost her case. They ruled against her. Um, let's see, put this up here. Uh, Cardi B wins a million dollars, a million dollar defamation verdict against malicious YouTuber. Let, uh, Latasha Keeby was found liable for defamation, defamation and two other forms of wrongdoing over her YouTube videos and other internet posts, okay? A federal jury on Monday, January 24th, sided with Cardi B on her accusations that a YouTuber named Tasha K waged a malicious campaign to hurt the superstar's reputation, issuing verdict that the woman had defamed the rapper and uh, awarding more than a million dollars in damages. damage. Following a two-week trial in Atlanta that featured testimony from both women, the jury returned a verdict that Lakeisha Keeby was liable for defamation and two other forms of wrongdoing on her YouTube videos and other internet posts, which claimed that Cardi B had contracted contacted herpes among other unsavory rumors. Monday's verdict awarded Cardi B $1.25 million in damages, okay? Uh, and it says, uh, following the verdict, TV tweeted that she and her attorneys fought really hard and thanked her legal team for the long hours. She just nice. She was, uh, it was only up from here and we'll see her in a few days, okay? Cardi B's real name, Belkali's Alamazar, Sue Kebby in 2019 over dozens of videos that contained shocking claims about the rapper. One video cited the law, uh, in the lawsuit included that Cardi B fucked herself with beer bottles on, ooh, on fucking stripper stages. The other said she had contacted Herbie. She had been a prostitute, that she had been cheated, uh, she had cheated on her husband, and she had done hard drugs. A trial kicked off on January 10th, Georgia Federal Court, during which both women took the stand. Cardi B testified she felt suicidal on the week of TV videos and said the only only an evil person could do this shit. Uh, Kibi initially admitted sh- that she knowingly published lies about the rapper, but she later t- tried to walk back that statement when examined by her own attorneys. Ultimately, the jury sided with Cardi B on Monday. Uh, listen, let me just stop here. Okay, I have a very, I'm very funny about when we, we when, because um, Cardi B represents a corporation. And Cardi B, you know, we, we here while well, I like Cardi B and everything, she has said some allegedly damaging things. I mean, the only thing I didn't buy was, and she might have wanted to commit suicide. I don't know. But it was just like there had been so many damaging things out here allegedly about drugging people and stuff like that. I'm like, you say, yeah, that don't make you sad. I don't know what makes you sad. <laughs> but, you know, having that past. But uh, allegedly, from what this case said is that, Tasha K got caught perjuring herself and was telling a lot of her shit was so made up. I mean, it was it was big time. And to me, that hurts Tasha in a lot of ways. It probably may hurt her blogging career. I don't know. If she gets more stories and stuff, be good. But it, it it's going to hurt. And it's going to hurt blogging forward if you're that type of blogger. I'm a blogger on here that I don't like to drop tea and stuff. I only tell what's out there. <laughs> what's already out there, what's already in the thing, because dropping tea gets so messy to me. I mean, 
I mean, we talk, I talk celebrity gossip on here, but it's stuff that's already up on the blogs, and we, we say a lot of allegedly and things like that, and I give my opinion on things. But uh, this, the kind of stuff that was going on there, and I remember watching it from the beginning. I'm a Tasha Cat. I like Tasha Cat. But, um, and I like some of the things that she's done, but some of the stuff has been outright like, damn. You know what I'm saying? So it, uh, this is... This is a change of if you, you want to be careful about how you present your information to the public. You want to be present, even if you're that type of blogger, you want to be careful about how you present information that you've gotten about artists and everything, stuff like that. And, you know, art is so, it's such a, it's such a, a crazy line that artists walk because you got, people who, um, you know, bloggers are one that, to me, in my personal opinion, is some of the reason that a lot of celebrity, black celebrity, is still still gets a lot of talking about in the press, okay? Uh, good or bad, bad or good, right? You know what I'm saying? But to be malicious to somebody and saying they did shit like that, I can see how that can make somebody go crazy or make somebody upset. And the way that it was happening between Tasha and Cardi, it seemed very personal at one time between the both between both parties, and it's just, you know, why I say it's show business. My personal opinion, I, I believe Cardi B. My personal opinion is that I wouldn't have had time for all that, but I was suiting her. But Cardi B got time today. She had time today. Okay, she had time to sue, uh, and. Um, And I suspect that it's probably taking a lot of energy out of Tasha K, and it will probably take a lot of energy out of Cardi B's career, both of them, okay? Uh, just craziness, even though Cardi B was a victim right here because allegedly Tasha K was perjuring herself allegedly on the stand, our world saying things on the stand that she did say some of that stuff wasn't true. So, uh, you know, and Cardi B had asked her to take it down. And if you knew it wasn't true, then you shouldn't put that shit down. And now paying out, that's a hard-ass lesson to learn, to pay out $1.2 million and possibly your um, your reputation has one of the elite bloggers. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, but Tasha does hardcore stuff. She broke a lot of stories. Right, she's done, you know, and but you know, there's been a lot of back and forth with other YouTubers and everything. So, you know, both of these cases, this is a very interesting case. Um, it's one that I like to see. I don't think, you know, I love the thought crime uh, commentary on it. It was funny, informative, everything, but um, I don't think it will affect certain types of bloggers. You know, if you're not doing some cool and crazy stuff and just putting stuff up here just that you know ain't true and not saying allegedly and not saying this is what we think and and not bringing on random people for 100 years ago saying what they saw somebody do and saying it was for sure. You, you always need to uh, make sure that people know it is uh, <laughs> at, it's, it's, it's allegedly. So, it could be that's I mean, this is such an interesting case and I think it's gonna have uh 
um, many uh, it's, it's it's going to change the way that people, uh, especially in that space, who drop stories and drop tea, do blogging. And it's just not dropping tea because there's a way you can do that. You can drop, you can break stories and stuff and do it in a classy way and stuff like that. There are ways you can do that. I'm not saying Tasha didn't do it classy, but I'm saying it, it did get malicious back and forth. I was looking, listening at the stuff in real time. So it's crazy. Okay. Um and that's how it ended back that, like that. And, you know, celebrities, just be careful of what you waste your energy on that. She got to get $1.2 million from it, which is a good thing. But sometimes you have to be careful as celebrity, too, because, you know, a lot of blogs will, some bloggers might take the Tasha Cat, you know, and not report on you at all or stuff like that. But, uh, I like Cardi B. I think Cardi B is a, uh, is, is a, always an interesting musician. I think she's made some missteps along the way in her career, but I think she's also done uh, she's also done some great things too. So it will be interesting how both of these ladies forward in the future. Okay, best of luck to both of them. All right, interesting. All right, so I just wanted to end it today is to say this. Listen. When I talked about Erie Lennox today, and this was not a diss towards her. It's just I lo- I like her. She's one of the artists I wanted to see when I wanted to go see when I wanted to see uh, uh, the New York show with hers uh, little thing, Light Song Festival or whatever and they canceled. And which was I understood, you know, it was okay. But uh, I like her as an artist, but. There is a lot, you know, when you're in that kind of business, a lot of people, I know there are hard things in that business. I know it ain't easy. I know that a lot of people couldn't stand in your shoes for a minute if that was was in that industry. Get that. Understood. However, understand the space you're in. Kids, there are kids all around the world that dream of being there. There are adults that dream of being there. There are people who had a dream. Like I said, she needs to go walk her ass through that graveyard and see there's so many people who died who did not even get to make the dream of being in show business where you're at. And you're complaining about an interview. You're complaining about a Soul Train Award. You're complaining about wanting to be dropping your labels. I, I don't have no tolerance for that. Go sing at the donut shop. But understand, I know it's not easy, and there's a way that you can uh, classy complain about the industry. There's a lot of artists who do it, but they know how to do it in the right way. Prince knew how to do it in the right way. You feel like, you hear a lot of artists talk about how the music industry can be hard, but they also talk about the great, they're grateful what they've gotten from it and stuff like that. But with Ori Lennox, are we constantly here when you have a you has a, a, a relatively new artist on the scene to most people, even though you've been out here allegedly for a while? You hear all they put in the press about you is a lot of complaints, and and and, and it doesn't set up a good precedence for you and your customer and your fan base. Okay. So my thing is be good to yourself, understand the position you're in, understand uh, that, hey, that is a business that very few people get to grace the door of and get to be in and get to travel all over the world doing what they love. Yes, some shit 
comes with it, but some shit come with every fucking thing out here. If you uh, flipping burgers at Burger King, some shit come with it. If you uh, if you singing at the donut shop, somebody might cheat you on a donut that week. Okay, shit comes with it. <laughs> it comes, it just, everything comes with some shit. Now, you got to pick what you're going to pick your poison. <laughs> Not poison, pick your crown. Okay, which crown you want to wear. And the higher up in position you go, and the higher you go, baby girl, it's going to be hard. So you keep calling. You said you wanted the soul train more. They put your ass out here to get the soul train more. Act it. You, you see, that's why Beyonce's knocking all you girls out. Now, what she might be having some energy and some little, some witches blue allegedly out in the I don't know. But what I will say, one of the reasons she knocked your ass out is because Beyonce understand the game. Beyonce want to be number one. She she plays the game. She does the stop doing the interviews then. Mm-hmm. Now she got a little Chloe out there being prepared for. I'm saying that she did all her she that's why she said she paid her dues. And she went around there doing interviews and all kind of ish. Okay, doing all kind of she's been touring for a hundred years. You know what I mean? Probably crazy questions somebody that asked Beyonce's ass. But she wanted to be what she wanted to be. So she got to pay the piper. So do you, Mary Lynn. If you want to be at a certain spot, you have to pay the piper and cut the bullshit out. That don't mean you can't have no complaints, but you got to learn how to do it in a way that doesn't, you, know, you don't sound like an ungrateful asshole. And that's it. I might say a little bit more in overdrive. But, y'all, y'all have a beautiful and wonderful rest of your week. Keep me in y'all prayers, because y'all know I need it for this food. Lord, I need some prayers. <laughs> and you guys have a wonderful one. I'm out. I'm going to do overdrive maybe for a second, so i talk to you guys for a minute in overdrive. All right, so uh, stay on the line for that. We're going to leave with once in a lifetime group out, y'all. <laughs>
Hey, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are listening to the archive show. Thank you guys for hanging out with me like you do every week. I appreciate you so much. I mean, sometimes I know I seem ungrateful, but listen here, I am so grateful for my little group right here who listens to me. Listen, give that time to hear my rants and my my complaints about society and politics and and celebrity and everything. I appreciate the love. Trust me on that. You can hit me up at C Catwood Show on Twitter, Carlotta72 on Twitter. You can also hit me up at Carly's underscore Galaxy on Instagram to send me a DM if you have questions about the show or someone you'd like to see on the show. You can also hit me up on the Carlotta Catwood Facebook page. You can send me a message there, too. If you have any questions or anything about the show, trust me, y'all do on air. Lord have mercy, help me out. <laughs> okay, so thank you guys so, so much. Again, you know, I, I, today it kind of hit me a lot about, you know, uh, different, just I've been seeing this thing about, like, I've been on this in my own space, like, you know, in my own life about just trying to sharpen certain things about myself, sharpen my, doing my own inner work. You know, I ain't, y'all know how it is. I ain't perfect, but doing my own interwork, trying to do my own, preparing myself for other things that I have to do in life or challenges that I have to face. So, or, or, or not just challenges, that's the wrong word, but for greatness that I have to uh, get ready to embrace in my life. And uh, I understand that with, with another level becomes different mindsets. It comes a, it's almost like a different, it's like athletes when they're training. You know what I'm saying? I love this. Paul used to, in the Bible, always used to refer to athletic things. It's like when, he said, you know, he he always talked about running the race. You know, I said, I've ran the race before, you know, whatever. I finished my course, uh, you know, and he's saying at the end, he has a crown of righteousness, but he looked at this life as a race, you know, and I think that at every level in the race, Every level, you have to get in gear and prepare for whatever that next thing is, whatever God has for you, whatever it is, and be so grateful in this time, in this, in this time and space, y'all. We in a time and space. Some days I wake up and I be like, the world is on fire, Lord. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it can be depressing. You know what I'm saying? But listen, I when I get the when I have those feelings, when I get those feelings of like, Lord, where are we going in this world? Where are we going in this space? Then I think of something to be grateful for. Even when I'm having sad times and I'm discouraged about something, when things don't work out how I thought they should have, or you know, so many things. I just I have to learn to look at what good is happening. And so I just want to encourage y'all that I, I wasn't trying to get on Airy Linux really bad, but you know I'm like, girl, please. There's a lot of people out here want to be you. You up there in South Africa traveling around. You know how people, so many people, everybody, people at work doing real work. Some people can't. Even, some people ain't even got no jobs like him. And you up here complaining about the interview, shit. I'm gonna be chat for my regular labor. But it's just you know I I just. And then, you know, the Dale situation, just not taking fans for granted, not taking people for granted who support your art, who support what you do. I think a lot of times in that business, you have a lot of artists 
who have got, we, you know, there's this wonderful book, and I'm ranching right now, but there's this beautiful book I love that I wore it, read when I was ki- a kid. It's one of my favorite books. It's called If This Is Love, I'll Take Spaghetti. <laughs> really, it's one of my favorite uh, teenage books, uh, love story books I read. But in this book, there was this great story about this girl who dreams of her favorite, you know, celebrity or whatever. She got to meet them or whatever, and he was rude, he was horrible, he was terrible, you know what I'm saying? And she was like, ah, oh, that's the book where it, all these stories, short stories is, if this is love, I'll take spaghetti instead. And so that's what, uh, one of the stories that stick out to me. And I was laughing because, you know, it, so many times in the showbiz world, it's stuff like that. It's not just to get on celebrity or anything like that, but so many times in that, in that world, uh, a lot of those people don't they 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 haven't exercised their character a lot. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times, and sometimes you know, it is what it is. Some of them are not great people when you meet them. Some of them are not the greatest and stuff. Some of them don't know how to put things to say things the right way or do the right thing and stuff like that. So. Sometimes in the world of celebrity, you can find that celebrity can be really spoiled and out of touch. But I'm saying right now, y'all better get in touch because it's getting, it's getting, it's getting, like I said, it's getting hard out here for a pimp when you're trying to get the money for the rent. <laughs> it's going to get hard for a lot of players out here. And so $500 concerts, $600 concerts and stuff, Right now, people are still doing it and reaching in and pulling out and, and, and everything, but be grateful for those fans. Love on them fans. I, I'm not saying you owe them your everything, but I'm just saying love on the fans and take care of the people who feed you and your house. Back, okay? That's that's right. Adele, Adele, you better take care of them people because you done lied allegedly allegedly, you know, lied about this concert saying it was COVID when they when they saying it was actually you and your designer fighting. And people had spent their money to come up there and see you perform and you get pissed at somebody not thinking about your fans. Only thinking the fact that you allegedly upset or you and her allegedly beefing and not thinking about none of them people that done spent that money. So you owe them people. Get it together. Get it together. Do something nice. That's all I can say on that note, okay? You guys, listen, I have had a wonderful, wonderful time talking to you guys. Now, I may not, I don't know if I'm going to have a show next week. I don't know, you guys. I got this homework. I got a lot of stuff. So if I if I finish with my, uh, a lot of my work and stuff that I have to do for a class and everything, I will definitely come on here and we will shoot the I will shoot the breeze, talk my stuff with y'all like I always do, okay? But if I don't have a show for a few weeks, know that you can listen to the archive shows, check out shows if you gotta catch up or something like that. Definitely check out uh catch up. Listen, I wanna say to you guys thank you again so much for listening to the Michael Silas interview. That interview is went through the roof. A lot of you guys listen to that. Please make sure that you tell people that's uh, his story and share his story with others, and perhaps that he gets a chance at um, at, at a new uh, a second chance to get out uh, of, of jail for a crime that he really didn't. He was at, but he did not participate. I mean, he did not commit. So uh, definitely, you know, 
uh, prayers to Michael. And so I definitely want to encourage you guys, if you haven't heard that interview, go back and hear it. Plus, there's a lot of other fun shows here that you guys can listen to. I got three hours every time worth of material and all kind of stuff. Y'all can go listen to rent. So definitely go if uh, there's a if you uh, if um, if I don't come on next week. Okay, you guys have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. I'm out. See y'all. Bye. <laughs> Hopefully, I see y'all. Uh, what am I seeing? See y'all in, um, hopefully I'll see y'all next Saturday. We'll see, okay? I'm out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. I'm glad.